All right, good afternoon all. This is the Frank Report. I'm your host, Francis Steffen. You're listening right here on American Voice Radio Network. It is the 21st day of January 2015. It's Wednesday. And, uh, you know, so there you go. No need to come in the chat room and ask, is it live? Is it live? You know, pay attention. I give the date for a reason. I give the day for a reason. If you ain't there, too bad. Then just... Wait till the second half. I'll give it again. Anyway, it is uh, <laughs> another day of excitement and, uh, you know, news in the world. Oh, boy. Hey, yesterday was that uh, State of the Union and the Republican response. Well, you know, the Republican response you saw was one, only one of the official responses. (laughs) We'll get to that in a second. Go to theamericanvoice.com or americanvoiceradio.com. You can participate in the show from there. Look for the chat button. Go on in there, and uh, you can ask questions like, is it live? Is it live? Or you can just chat with the other folks in there. And, uh, you know, meet people that uh, are pretty close on the same page as you, much closer than anybody you see on TV, much closer than most of the people you meet on the street, most, yeah, pretty much closer than most of the people you have in your families. And that's really the sad part. Too many people in this, I don't know, can we even call it a movement? Too many people interested in knowing the truth of things are completely alienated by their families because of their family's ignorance and unwillingness to open their eyes and accept the truth because they don't want to. And that's really the bottom line. They don't want to. That would make me unhappy. I'd be unhappy to see things aren't just Disneyland for me and my future's bright. Well, okay, that's true. But the fact of the matter is you can sit there in dream world, but eventually it's coming to your house, and then you're going to find out, and it's going to be a really, really rude awakening. And the problem with that, folks, is when people have that rude awakening, There's very few people that buckle down and say, okay, that's it. I'm going to have to do something different. We're going to have to deal with this, and let's get to work and pull up our bootstraps and get this done. Very few people do that. Most Americans nowadays grab their Prozac prescription, pump down a few of those, and start to cry about how depressed they are and how the government needs to help them and how – Oh, it isn't right that other people get to be rich and they don't. (laughs) As they sit and play Nintendo and text all their friends on their stupid phone and post what they had for dinner on Facebook. It's not fair. Other people get to be rich and not me. Why not me? Well, because you're stupid and you're lazy. How about that, for starters? Anyway. So, speaking of 
that, we have, I think, I, I think this is a really bad thing. I think this is deception. I think this is a, I think this is a direct betrayal of the American people. Listen, Mexicans did not get the Republicans elected in the House of Representatives or in the Senate. That wasn't the Mexicans that did that. That was the white majority that did that, and they said, hey, we're tired of Obamacare. Get rid of it. We're tired of illegal immigration and all this massive legal immigration taking away our high-paying jobs. Get rid of it. But now the Republicans, you know, they put up Joni Ernst for the white people to speak to English and saying, blah, 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 rah, rah, sis, boom, bah, let's castrate some pigs and make them squeal, woohoo. Okay, great. We got ourselves a little cheerleader from Iowa. That's wonderful. But the GOP had another response. That's right. Let me just read this. In its official responses responses to the President's State of the Union address, the Republican Party gave a different message to Spanish speakers than it did to those listening in English, making mention of the immigration issue only in the Spanish-language version of its rebuttal. Iowa Senator Joni Ernst's rebuttal made no mention of the topic, but Florida Representative Carlos Corbello's Spanish-language version emphasized that Republicans wanted to work with President Barack Obama to fix the immigration system. Really? Is that what you all voted all these Republican congressmen and senators for so they could work with the communist Muslim in the White House to destroy America with even more immigration? Is that what this election was about? Really? Well, that was the official GOP message to the Spanish speakers. We should also work through the appropriate channels to create permanent solutions for our immigration system to secure our borders, modernize legal immigration, and strengthen our economy. In the past, the president has expressed support for ideas like these. Now we ask him to cooperate with us and get it done. You know what? you want to know what modernized legal immigration means? Modernizing it means to liberalize it. I don't know if you've been paying attention or not on how the communists changed the language, but modernize means liberalize because it's archaic to be conservative. Don't you know that? So when they use words like modernize, they mean liberalize. And liberalize means to make it easier, less restrictions. Modernize means no barters. Modernize means one world, oh, one big happy union, the North American Union. 
where we don't have a border anymore, where there is no restrictions. The parasites can flood right on into all, everywhere in the United States and start sucking up everything there is until they kill the host. And that is the idea. And it's going on worldwide. They've already done it to Europe. Now, why? You would figure why. Why are they doing this? Why are the elite, and when I say elite, I say that very sarcastically, because the deviant psychopaths that like to call themselves elite are far from elite. They are deficient. They are basically inbred retards. Why would they want to do this? Why would they want to kill the host? Because the people are the host. Okay? They, if you haven't noticed, they want everything. Okay? They want everything. They already have 50% of everything. The top 1% own 50% of all the wealth on the planet. 1% owns all. 50% of all the wealth. That's not enough. They're not rich enough. They want more. They want it all. And to get it all, they got to get rid of you. And to get rid of you, they're using the third world to do it. All the institutions of society that you have built up, they are flooding parasites in to suck it dry and destroy you and collapse your system to where we live in anarchy. And then they can come in and dole out the crumbs, just like the good old days of the Dark Ages. Go look up the Dark Ages and find out what, what it was like. This is exactly what they want. They want the feudal system of the Dark Ages, where they live in their little castles, with their own little armies called knights, and then they go out to the countryside and rob and pillage all the people trying to scrape out a living and stay alive, and they take 90% of everything they have for taxes to pay for their protection. And this is nothing but mob protection, meaning, hey, buddy, you need to buy some fire insurance because if you don't, I guarantee your place is burning down. Yeah, that's the mafia way, and that's the government way. And this is what they're working towards. And you've got the GOP up there pretending like they're doing something else, and they've gone as far as to put out two messages, two different messages, one for you morons that speak English out there. Oh, yeah, and if you know what, if you're sucking up, Joni Ernst's little cheerleader message out there, you are a moron. You need one of those iPhones because the I stands for idiot. Are you kidding me? Putting out another message in Spanish saying, oh, well, you know, we need to modernize legal immigration. Secure our borders and modernize legal immigration don't go together, folks. Because, oh, yes, well, securing our borders by opening them up.
permanent solutions for our immigration system. You know what the permanent solutions for our immigration system is? Enforce the law. Get our troops out of the Ukraine. Get them out of Iraq. Get them out of Afghanistan. Let the Afghanis sell their own opium. Oh, but that won't do. All those billions of dollars that the... uh, you know, CIA and other spooks of the United States government can use for their black bag operations. Oh, we don't want the Afghanis having that. No, 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 no. So we got to stay there and keep getting that. Because that is what Afghanistan is all about, folks. Yeah, there might be some strategic minerals there. That might be an issue. But the main issue is to keep that opium flowing and to keep their hands on the profit and control of the drug. And you think they're doing it just for the black bags? No, they're not. They're also working on behalf of the pharmaceutical companies because a lot of their drugs are opium-based. And they make tons of money. They make more money off of that than they do anything else. People love opiate pharmaceutical drugs there's people in all kinds of a whatever programs all around the country trying to get off pharmaceutical opiates. They love those things, and they're going to need a lot more morphine. And you see, morphine comes from opium. And they're going to need a lot more of that when uh, you start hitting the age of 60 or so and saying, hey, you know, Doc, I don't feel good. I might need some tests or an operation or something. And the doc tells you, you know what? I don't think so because, you know, you don't look very happy. I think your quality of life isn't what it ought to be. So we're going to give you some comfort care. Here's your morphine. Now go home and die. You don't want to burden your children, do you? You don't want to burden society, do you? We're not that far from this happening, folks. It's already happening. It's just not happening as a requirement. They're fooling people and tricking people into this garbage. And, of course, they're using the greed of families going, yeah, I don't want, I don't want our inheritance being sucked up by the hospital or the nursing care uh, place. No, I don't want all grandma's money being spent on grandma. Oh, hell no. Kill grandma. I want that money. Yeah. You know, people got a lot of ideas about what the Bible says about, you know, in the end times that people will lose natural affection. Well, you know, there was a time when people actually loved grandma, when people wouldn't even think about just killing grandma because you want grandma's stuff. But you know what? That's a pretty common thought nowadays. Oh, maybe it's not common for people to actually carry it out and kill grandma, but it is a thought, even in the so-called nice, caring people. You can hear it the way they talk about how, well, uh, you know, you shouldn't be wasting your money on all these things for yourself. You know, you're spending our inheritance. Oh, but I love Mommy. Oh, I love Mommy. I care for Mommy so much. But hey, 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 what's that? What are you eating steak for? Steak's expensive. Man, you're running into our inheritance here, babe. What's up with you, huh? Are you selfish or what? Don't you care about us? Huh? 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 I think hamburger's good enough for you. Or maybe, you know, hamburger's gone kind of up now. Maybe some dog food. Yeah, 
get grandma and mom some Alpo because we don't want them busting into our inheritance because, well, it's ours. We've earned it. They owe it to us. We are deserving. Yeah, this is normal, average, everyday, what you would think on the outside because they're phony liars that they actually care about their mom and their grandma and everybody else. But by God, you better not be spending too much money while you're alive because that's our inheritance. Folks, I think that might point to a diminishment of natural affection, don't you? I mean, it's kind of natural to love grandma and mom. You know, uh, but to sit there and pat them on the head and pretend to act nice, but in your heart wishing they would die before they spent all your inheritance is just evil. we got a lot of that going on in America. So, you know, how big a step is it to mandate? You know, if, if two, hey, they've already got it in the United States here. If two doctors decide, well, you're mentally incompetent, off to the home you go. Yeah, that's right, off to the psychiatric ward you're going. So how far are we until two doctors decide, your quality of life isn't what they think it ought to be. Or that, you know, the, oh, I can't wait for this one to come because it's already started with the, uh, you know, well, you know, yes, you have rights, and yes, we were violating your rights, and yes, but you see, the government has interests in this. And the government interests must prevail over your own rights. And this is their position, folks. So how much longer until, well, it isn't even really your quality of life. It's the fact that you're a drain on society. And, well, society is the government interest to make everybody happy and have enough for everybody. So, you know, you're really not producing and you're really not contributing to society as we think you should. So it's time for your medication. Get your affairs in order. And they're going to need a lot of morphine for this, and that comes from opium. all those troops home and put them on the border. Think that's going to happen? You think the Republicans will ever do that? I don't think so. Certainly not by what they're telling the Spanish speakers. Oh, yeah. The disparity party officials say was merely a matter of personal decisions made by the speakers based on the issues that most resonated with them. Really? But these were official GOP messages, meaning the Republican Party uh, you know, mechanism approved these speeches. Okay? But you see, oh, they lied again because earlier in the day, House Republicans had said that Curbelo's response would be a direct translation of Ernst's remarks. In an interview after the speech, Curbelo said he focused on immigration as well as other issues that were of personal importance to him. 
So this wasn't a response to the president's State of the Union. This was his, uh, uh, you know, chance to get out and tell everybody what he thinks, such as education in Cuba. You know, I, I got asked, does anybody really give a damn about Cuba? I mean, really, honestly, folks, do, are there any of you out there that think Cuba's a threat in some way to the United States? I'm telling you what, if I was Cuba, I'd be saying, oh, well, that's real nice, thanks, uh, but no thanks. We're banning Americans from this island. Because I'm telling you something, folks, America's interference in Cuba will damage Cuba more than Cuba could ever damage the United States. Folks, if they allow American business into Cuba... They will have drug addiction and prostitution and gambling within 10 years. It will be back to the island whorehouse the mob had going on there before Castro came in. And that's exactly what they want. Now he says, Bello says, that's a shame that Democrats would try to criticize us each of us having our own priorities and ideas and making them known. Oh, I'm not a Democrat. I'm a conservative, and I'm criticizing this because the GOP lied. They said it was going to be the same. They snuck in, oh, we love you. We're going to give you immigration. We want to work with the president. Kissy, 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 kissy. That's not what the Republicans got elected on. They got elected on, no, you get rid of this president's programs like Obamacare and stop this immigration mess. And the GOP picks who? Curbelo? Guess what? He supports the pathway to citizenship for undocumented immigrants, meaning illegal aliens. Yeah, he wants to give them a pathway to citizenship because, well, hey, you know, they snuck in, they broke the law, they disregarded everything, they are not assimilating into our society. Get, make them citizens. You know, meanwhile, uh, honestly, people out there want to sit there and reward these criminals for invading this country and then sucking up our resources. And meanwhile, these very same people will get online and start making a big deal about whether the New England Patriots deflated the footballs by a pound or not. Oh, it's cheating! The Super Bowl, they should be kicked out of the Super Bowl. They should be punished, punished badly, punished, really punished. Oh, this is cheating, this is bad, this is, this is nothing compared to what the illegal aliens are doing, yet you want to give them a pathway to citizenship? Again, there's something in the Bible about a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Because if you can sit there and say, well, you know, that's cheating. The New England Patriots need to be punished. Yet, oh, Julio needs to be given citizenship even though he's a criminal who snuck in here. Yeah, you're a double-minded man and you are unstable. And that's who we've got running this country. And a bunch of dimwits supporting them. And and folks, if you support
support any of these people you are a dimwit. Now, that doesn't mean not to get involved, but you know what? You need to get involved and hold their feet in the fire till they, as Joni Ernst likes to say in her little cheerleading presentations, make them squeal. You're not going to do that, then don't even bother. Because sending these people money is like, you might as well, you know, stick a knife in your forehead, okay? Anyway, we're going to take a break. We'll be back in a few, and uh, yeah, we'll play uh, Stump the Room. We always do anyway, whether I mention it or not. So here we go. We'll take a break.
few things in this world are more important than clean, pure water. Understanding this, ABR makes four tabletop water distillers available to you for purchase. First, we have the five and a half hour per gallon with polycarbonate collection jug for $139. The second is a five and a half hour per gallon with glass collection jug for $189. The third is a three and a half hour per gallon with polycarbonate collection jug for $189. And our premier tabletop distiller is a three and a half hour per gallon with glass collection jug for $250. All our distillers have a stainless steel boiling pot, dome, and cooling tubes. And the premier version also has a splash flap to protect against contamination of the cooling tubes. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com for more information and protect your water supply. Studies have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. internet access for their people during civil strife. The FCC seized in-use commercial shortwave frequencies right after the September 11th attacks. No one communication system can be dependent on to be there when you need information. You need choices. You need a KU band free-to-air satellite system from ABR. The ABR system includes a receiver, an LNB, and a 75-centimeter dish. All you need to get on your own is the coaxial cable. The system is delivered to your door for $149.99. That's right, delivered for $149.99. That's the shipping and the system, $149.99. Call 541-225-4659. That's 541-225-4659. Or visit AmericanVoiceRadio.com and click Satellite System.
Back. This is the Frank Report. I'm your host, Francis Stephan. You're listening right here on American Voice Radio Network. And it's still the 21st of January, 2015. It is Wednesday. It's about 1245 out here on the Pacific Time Coast. If all that's true where you're at, given your time zone, well, we are live. You can call in 800-596-8191. Or you can go to the chat room at TheAmericanVoice.com or AmericanVoiceRadio.com. Either way, you can participate in the show. Uh, let's see. Uh, some guesses all wrong. Uh, no guesses on the last one. So I guess I'll just have to tell you. The first band was Rockpile, and uh, the second was Alvin Lee of uh, 10 Years After Fame. So there you have it. Of course, that was just Alvin Lee after 10 years after. 
he was uh, 10 years after and 10 years. He died uh, last year, I think, 2000, well, actually two years ago now, 2013 he died. He was one of the first, as they call them, shredders. So, you know, if you like Eddie Van Halen, you know, there's his mentor. There's where he learned. There's where he got the idea. You know, ain't nothing really new in music, is there? Uh, you know, people build on other folks' uh you know, ideas and stuff. But, hey, nothing wrong with that. Everybody puts their own twist to it, and then we have, uh, you know, new music for different people to like. All right, let's get to it. More uh, more news. I just went ranting on the uh, fact that the GOP basically, you know, threw a uh, little, uh, well, a little lie I would say curveball, but it's not even a curveball because it's just a plain old lie. They they tried to deceive the people that elected them in their response to the president's State of the Union by giving one white woman from Iowa the official English response, which talked all the things you want to hear, all the reasons you elected them. But then they had another official response for the Spanish speakers, which was a little different, promising to work with the communist usurper in the White House who is flaunting the rule of law. No, not flaunting, breaking the rule of law on national TV in the halls of Congress. I'll get to that in a second. Again, I mean, he does this all the time. He is an outlaw president. He is a usurper. He is a criminal. All that said, you know, will Congress get rid of him? No. And what's the point anyway? To waste two years with an impeachment? Just shut him down. Shut him down. Anything you can't overrule, then defund. Screw him. You let him whine and cry in the press all he wants. You're done. But you see, Bonehead is in on it. Because he's the one, him and McConnell are the one that allowed this. You think this didn't happen with their okay? You think they didn't... They didn't go through the message and say, yeah, okay, you can, yeah, we approve this. I mean, if you're going to give the official response, it's officially approved. But they lied and said it was going to be exactly the same. No need to listen. Don't go and get your friends to listen and tell you what's in it. No, 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 no. You just watch the white woman from Iowa. Don't worry about that. It's exactly the same. Don't worry about anything, except it's not exactly the same. It's not anything the same. Democratic immigration activists said the scant mention of immigration in Obama's speech in no way reflected an abandonment of his commitment to comprehensive reform in this Congress. Absolutely not. Texas Representative Sheila Jackson Lee. You know, what's with you people in Texas? Sheila Jackson Lee, really? I just think that he said all he can say. Oh, yeah. 
There you go. Right. He doesn't need to say anything because now, now, we got the Republicans secretly. See, and that's the thing, folks. They're, they're secretly doing this behind your back. You know, this is no different, folks, than, okay, going down to Mexico and standing there and talking to a uh, a Mexican trying to do some sort of business. Usually it's illegal. You know, you're down there, let's just say you want some company. And, uh, you know, the Mexican guy speaks some English because that's the language of business. And he says, "Oh yeah, we got a nice uh, we got a nice girl for you. Uh, it's going to be great. It's not a lot of fun." And in Mexican, he's telling his pal, "Okay, he's going to this hotel. He's going to be there. Uh, wait until this time, and then busting and robbing." But he's saying it in Spanish, so if you don't speak Spanish, you don't know what he's saying. Okay, this is what the Republicans just did to you, folks. Do you get that? They did a bait and switch on you. Yeah, sure. We got a real nice girl here. Look at the little cheerleader. Whoa, she's she's a warrior princess even. Wow, she's a commander, battalion commander. Woohoo! Wow, woohoo, wow. Oh boy, Iowa National Guard and everything, even been to Iraq. Oh boy, oh, and she wants to castrate pigs and make them squeal in Washington. This is great. Meanwhile, in Spanish, they're telling all the illegals, don't worry, man. We got you covered. We're going to work with the communists in the White House to get you on in here. Even though you broke the law, you're an illegal alien, even though we can't afford it, even though you're destroying our culture and our infrastructure, oh, it's okay, man. Oh, and, and the American people that were actually born here and their parents built this country, yeah, don't worry, we'll get you in here. Wink, wink, in Spanish. Yeah, that's what the Republican Party did to you. And is the news outraged? No. Are, are the Republicans outraged? No. Why not? Why aren't there people in the House going crazy? In the Senate going crazy, saying, hey, wait a minute, this is not what we were elected here. What kind of message is that to be given? We're not working with him on this. Because they are going to. They've been planning to screw you all the, all along. Everything they said about immigration reform and, and securing the border and all that was just campaign promises, which mean lies. Well, that's what the Supreme Court's ruled anyway, that you can't hold these people to their promises they make in a campaign because everybody should know it's just rhetoric which means lies. Now, Representative Steve King didn't say anything much about, you know, the double standard response to the State of the Union. But he did 
point out that Obama invited a Dallas student, a 20-year-old Dallas student named Anna Zamora, who is an illegal alien, whose parents were illegal aliens, and uh, she's one that's benefiting from Obama's illegal activities by letting them stay. And what did Obama do? He invited her to sit next to his wife during this presentation. Now, you've got to understand, this 20-year-old girl is deportable under our law. She is an illegal alien. She is here illegally. She is deportable, and Obama has her sitting next to his wife during the State of the Union speech in Congress. Well, he asks, why isn't the president taking heat for what he's doing to the rule of law? Yes, why indeed? Yeah, indeed, why not? Why isn't the Republicans making a big stink about it? Why didn't Boner and McConnell get together and have her arrested? All right, well, let's get on to something international here. Uh, In Argentina, you might not know about this, but there there was a guy who was investigating the woman down there, Christina, whatever her name is, right, for uh, a terrorist attack that happened down there. And it was Iranian. They're covering it up. And they're covering it up. The government is covering it up, including the little girl president down there, is covering it up so they can keep the Iranian oil flown into Argentina. This guy was investigating it, and he even said, man, this, you know, this put my life in danger. Oh, well, he ended up dead by a twenty-two caliber uh, bullet, and they called it a suicide. Now, anybody who knows anything knows a twenty-two caliber pistol is the weapon of choice of assassins, okay? Now, one of the reasons is because Twenty-two caliber pistols usually do not deliver positive results for gunpowder traces in in a normal forensic analysis, okay, because there's so little gunpowder in a twenty-two. This is only one of the reasons why assassins prefer this, because, you see, you blow somebody's head off with a twenty-two, you put it in their hand, and everybody goes, oh, suicide, I see. Yeah. So when they test this guy's hand, oh, there's no uh, gunpowder on it. I'm telling you, folks, that little girl down there, Christina, whatever her name is, is one evil woman. She just had this guy assassinated. I am accusing her of assassinating this guy. Anyway, I'm sure they'll find gunpowder somewhere somehow and say, oh, it's a suicide, because they're going, well, there's no gunpowder, but it's still a suicide because, uh, well, we want it to be, and we say. So there you go. Oh, let's see here. 
something that might affect you. Central bank profit fears QE warfare pushing world financial system out of control. Former BIS chief economist warns that QE in Europe is doomed to failure and may draw the region into deeper difficulties. Do you think? The economic profit who foresaw the Lehman crisis with uncanny accuracy is even more worried about the world financial system going into 2015. Oh, beggar thy neighbor. Devaluations are spreading to every region. All the major central banks are stoking asset bubbles deliberately to put off the day of reckoning. This time, emerging markets have been drawn into the quagmire as well, corrupted by the leakage from the quantitative easing in the West. We are in a world that is dangerously unanchored. We're seeing true currency wars, and everybody is doing it, and I have no idea where this is going to end. Well, I've got one thing to tell you. I don't know where it's going to end, but I know how it's going to end, and how it's going to end is badly. And unanchored? Well, you better throw down an anchor, folks. That's all I can tell you. You had better throw down an anchor. And when it comes to economics and monetary the anchor is gold and silver, okay? That's the anchor. Now, you can say what you want. You can call it archaic. You can say anything. It doesn't change anything. It is the anchor. Now, that doesn't mean, hey, you should stock up on stuff you need, tangible items, before you ever buy gold and silver, folks. You better be prepared because, no, you cannot eat gold or silver. So you better take care of that first. And you better have a way to protect it also. But once you get all that done and you've got something extra that you don't want to lose, gold and silver. Anyway, you'll hear more about that in the next show. Financial Survival is coming up next. Got a full day after that. And as always, thanks for listening. I'll be back again tonight. American Voice Radio Network is heard on Galaxy 19, 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. Prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971, when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. 
If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Melody Sudstrom, and you're listening to Financial Survival. I'm here with my co-host, Alfred Addis, to bring you our opinion and commentary on today's economic and political events for Wednesday, January 21st, 2015. Good afternoon, Al. Hello, Melody. Wendy Wilson will be joining us here in just a little bit, so let's get started with the market report. And it was a fun day in gold today, gold and silver. We had a high of 13.06. It settled, uh, uh, went down, came back. Um, couldn't quite figure out uh, why it had the weird fluctuation that it did today at the times that it did. But uh, you're looking at $1,294. You have silver up 17 cents at $18.25. Platinum was down seven at 12.73. Along with palladium was also down eight dollars at 771. The USDX today was trading down slightly, 0.12, Crude oil bounced back. You know, if you're calling a buck 12 and 1.12, a bounce back at 47.59. Paper markets today, they were, they barely budged in, in, in the markets today. Um, let me pull up those numbers here. You had the Dow down up. 39 points at 17,554. Yeah, the NASDAQ up 12 at 4667. The S&P was up 10 at 2032. 10-year yield did pop 0.05, uh, yielding 1.85%. So it's kind of a quiet day after the, the big speech last night, and uh, we'll be talking speech? Did somebody speak? I I heard there there was some sort of a, you know, congratulatory speech last night going on. congratulated the speaker (laughs) other than the speaker himself. The speaker himself patted himself on the back. He probably walked away bruised. His arm, did he? He's probably bruised today. A little Mm. black and blue there. But um, so we'll be talking about that here in a little bit. And uh, I do believe we have Wendy Wilson on the line. Hello, Melody. Hello, Al. How are you? Hey, Wendy. Good, hey. Wendy. What's what's what do you got for us today? 
Well, help me out, Melanie. Did we cover body mass last time? No, we did not. Oh, okay, great. Well, let's do that, and we can save projections or predictions for healthcare in 2015 for next time. Um, body maps. Um, scientific machine is getting into technology that will scan the human body from head to foot. Um, the, the new technology is going to be used to spy deep into tissues, even read your blood vessels, and make roadmaps of them, uh, basically to identify you. It's for an identification software program. Now, some experts think that this is just the beginning. It appears to be a Star Trek experience in scanning the body for health problems. But technology wants to promote uh, is really uh, multiple scans of the body and computer software modules. So um, they even want to eventually have an automation of, um, of where, you know, you have doctor kiosks. You really don't have anybody helping you, no nurses, no assistants or anything when you need to go have a, a diagnosis done. So this is all called the biometrics. And Al and Melody, the seat of biometrics started back in 1879 with a French police clerk by the name of Alphonse Berleton, he conceived the idea that people should be identified by specific body measurements. And fingerprinting actually was the first crude step towards the biometric age. So we're moving into more computers and algorithms and technology that's going to know every square inch of your body to identify you as you. And one of the uh, new things when you go to the optometrist's office or your ophthalmologist to get an eye exam is they're promoting this new OptoMap technology. It's a, a laser scan that maps your eye. Uh, a lot of people that wear contact lenses are encouraged to get this scan because it gives them a better accuracy to the fit of the contact lens. But there are some issues with it, and I'm sure you'd like to know what those are, right? I was hoping you'd tell us. Okay. Well, um, uh, there was a reporter, Angela Epstein. She was with the UK Daily Mail. And she was investigating writing a story on this new OptiMac Eye technology that's being marketed as a superior early warning detection that something's wrong with the health of your eyes. So um, patients are convinced, she said by staff, that the old exams could miss something very important and they should opt to get the new scan. And the cost of the scans are coming down, too, because uh, they used to cost an extra $100 to have the scans, but now they can be included in an eye exam somewhere between um, $99 and $170. But they, they say that the scan can help them uh, see 80 to 85% of the retina. It can help uh, with early warning signs of diseases like glaucoma and diabetes and even cancer and macular degeneration. So the scans map the cells of your eye, which are very tiny, and also the blood vessels, too, that feed the eye. And patients are told that with your cells on the scan look like fish scales or a honeycomb, that's the normal, healthy way your uh, eye cells should look. Now, um, so Angela goes and she gets an eye exam. She gets one done. And uh, her, her scan of her left eye appeared normal, but the right eye, they said, had some anomalies, these little tiny black specks, which scared her. And these scans can pick up big pigmentations, which could indica indicate some health issues like retinal tears. So in Angela's case, uh, she was told to go home and come back the next day for a further examination, which, guess what, was the old ex eye exam. 
the one that you normally would get, to rule out <laughs> any life-threatening problems with her uh, vision. Um, so she had 24 hours of lots of anxiety and worry, but all she had basically um, was an adhesion. Uh, it was unthreatening, and it was a false flag. And doctors are telling people these scans, these OptiScans, are huge for false flags like that. Uh, one ophthalmologist by the name of Dr. Larry Benjamin, he works for the Royal College of Ophthalmology. He says screening uh, done by OptiMat might be helpful for those with conditions such as diabetes. But the majority of people have very little abnormalities, and even these black specks in the eyes can be benign. So if you could spot early warning signs with these cases, uh, more could be done to prevent sight loss. But someone who has no family history of eye problems, disease, or symptoms should think twice about having the laser scan. And laser scans, I don't know, have either one of you had the, one of these scans done? No, I haven't. No, I haven't. Okay. okay. <laughs> the only thing I might get is tasered. I don't think I'll get lasered, but I might get tasered. <laughs> okay. Well, it's a bright red laser brain that, you know, is, is swift, and it goes over your eye, but it's almost like looking directly into a flashbulb. It, it blinds you, for sure. And in the state of South Carolina, you're not allowed to point a red laser in anybody's eyes. It's against the law because you can, quote, damage their eyes and blind them. So I have to wonder about this equipment, you know? Well, yeah, I understand that. It's, it's like a lot of what happens in medicine. Yeah. All of this technical equipment, the diagnostic equipment, the nice thing about it is it costs a lot of money to buy one of these machines, and yep. it adds money to your bill. It becomes a capital investment for the doctors, the optometrists, whoever, mm -hmm. and you wonder, are we really getting medical care, or are we just seeing another reason to spend more money? Yeah, well, according to Dennis Robertson, he's an MD, he says if you choose to have a laser retina scan, make sure it's... Um, a complement to and not a substitute for the traditional eye exam. So he says, go with the traditional. But I got some and more scans. Traditional, does he mean having a living optometrist peer into your eye to see what's going on? That's what he means. Right. Okay. Well, I got another scan that's very interesting. It's a scan of your tongue. Uh, one of the newest scans invented is the tongue scan, and it's got software to identify a person. So this is another identifying feature of someone. It's being developed in Hong Kong at the Polytechnic University Biometrics Research Center. Apparently, the shape of the tongue is unique for each individual. So these lasers will scan your tongue to create a 3D picture, and they can do that in like three seconds. And researchers at VIT University in India have taken this digital image of your tongue and combined it with their analytic software to identify illnesses. So they say the color, the shape, the size, the texture of your tongue can indicate if you have something wrong like a vitamin deficiency or someone has extreme pharmaceutical toxicity or even a fungal infection. So tongue scans, so stick out your tongue and say, ah, Al. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't All know right. if the NSA, did the NSA get that? I don't know. But they're, uh, they're doing their own scans. We've got the doctors doing uh, biometric scans. I'm mm -hmm. curious, what's the probability that if you get one of these retinal scans that it will be submitted ultimately to the duly constituted authorities 
and they will use it as a means of identification. Well, it has to be because according to the Affordable Care Act, all these medical uh, divisional uh, specialties, doctors, ophthalmologists, oncologists, you name it, they have to have um, a computer that is, uh, that is in sync with the Affordable Care Act, and uh, all that data gets uh, put up into the big data package. Of course it is. Absolutely. That's where it's going. Um, but there's also some scanning going on privately in people's homes. Uh, computer companies are coming out. They're tapping into the biometrics field. And what they're manufacturing is technology with your home computer. So um, Futsu uh, it has uh, some peripherals. They've made some peripherals called the Palm Secure PC Login Kit. And it, it's part of your mouse for your uh, computer. And it can authenticate your user. In other words, you wouldn't have to worry about typing in an ID or anything. It would be able to analyze if you're the owner and user just by looking at the veins in the palm of your hand. So it scans the pattern of your veins. And how reliable do you suppose that is? Well, according to the Opti um, a map of your eye, your veins in your eye can be um, just as, as accurate as a iris scan or a fingerprint, more accurate actually than a fingerprint. So the vein pattern is unique to each individual. Well, I don't doubt it. The only problem, I'm paranoid about putting any more security onto my computer than I absolutely have to, because I'm afraid that if I put too much security on there, I'm the one person who won't be able to use my computer. What, the, what is the password? Melody, what password did I use? Mm. I know. Uh, you have, to have, you have yeah. to have a whole thing, a thing for passwords. You know, you, just, you get lost in passwords. I understand that, but, uh, you know, it's, I uh, my mentality is to use it like a like a typewriter, and uh, it doesn't disturb me. I don't want people from the outside on the internet breaking in, but I'm the only one around here who wants to use this thing, so I'm not concerned. But I'm just sounding. Uh, I wonder about these, you know, especially when they're new. Got a new scanning device, and it's going to work just as well as Windows 8. Right out of the box, it'll be magnificent. Well, the problem with all the biometrics, the biometrics field has its problem, and one of the big ones that it faces is its increased risk of staying secure. So yeah. the data is extremely vulnerable to counterfeiting, and stronger and stronger encryption has to be implemented. And a lot of security firms are using dual biometric systems simultaneously to confirm identity, and at some point the 3D high-resolution software to help with security is going to be outdated, and they're looking for new things. And one of the things they're looking at is heat sensors to make sure you're human, uh, not a robot. Uh, so uh, I suppose um, maybe a drop of blood to confirm who you are is uh, is the next thing. You know, it's a little bit of DNA. I don't know, but uh, I, I think it's an interesting uh, realm that's being connected to healthcare and uh, you proving who you really are. Yeah. I agree. Everything digital right now can be hacked. I mm -hmm. doubt that there's any such thing as real security on the internet. Uh, if people are sufficient, if they are sufficiently sophisticated, they can take whatever data you've got. You know, like banks can't even protect accounts. Well, and 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 um, I watched the show on quantum physics. I think on PBS, uh, some guy at MIT, a, a physics major, he created a quad computer chip. And a quad chip works extremely quickly 
so all your banking security, uh, all your algorithms that are, are for Internet secure things for banking and whatever are all on based on real numbers, you know, prime numbers. And so uh, you can have long strings of prime numbers, so it's really time-consuming and too hard for anybody to uh, decrypt that. But this guy has created a quantum trip that can decrypt long streams of prime numbers in a matter of seconds. So if he wants to, he can break the Internet. He can break I that. that. Yeah. And if he's doing it now, we can wonder whether the CIA, for example, and other government data processing services, uh, they may have been doing the same thing for years. You just can't count on security. If it's digital, it can be easily hacked into. It's dangerous. It's convenient. But because it's convenient, easy, it's easy. All you got to do is you've got a sensor here, got a scanner. It's easy. Well, if it's easy and it's convenient, it also means that it's easy to hack into. I agree. Almost, you know. So we're, what do you do for security and privacy when these people are trying to scan you Instead of getting, I'm not scammed. The doctor didn't scam me. He scanned me. You see what I'm saying here? And, <laughs> yeah. But either way, scammed or scanned, you yeah. pay out some money. And where's the security? I don't know. It, the I world is just changing. And it's not something that you can say is good. You can't say it's bad. It's just changing and it's certainly headed in that direction. Why don't you give us some contact information, Wendy? Sure. Uh, they can uh, request a, our brand new 15th anniversary product catalog at. Uh, apothecary herbs at thepowerherbs.com or they can call toll free at 866-229-3663-866-229-3663 we do have a 15% off uh, discount coupon on our homepage that's good through the weekend so uh, hurry because that expires soon all right Wendy thanks very much that's Wendy Wilson from thepowerherbs.com at 866-229-3663 when, uh, Melody and I will be back in just a moment. Please stay tuned to Financial Survival. Pandemics will be a part of our future. The question is, how do we protect ourselves? Are you willing to put your trust in untested vaccine, hoping it kills mutating viruses? Remember, in 1976, health officials tried to inoculate Americans with swine flu, and there was a 300% death rate for those inoculated, and millions were paid out in damages. God gave you a sophisticated immune system, and in times of need, you can make it 10 times stronger. So there's no need to panic. Just get prepared. Call Apothecary Herbs to order your upgraded pandemic kit. You will have eight professional strength formulas offering broad-spectrum immune-boosting protection. Take a stand. Have a plan. Have peace and request your pandemic kit today. Call Apothecary Herbs toll-free, 866-229-3663, or online, thepowerherbs.com. That's 866-229-3663, or thepowerherbs.com. Ooh. 
food prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, Zimbabwe, all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971, when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit discount gold and silver trading at dgscoins.com. That's dgscoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. American Voice Radio Network is heard on Galaxy 19. 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. Hi, folks. I'm Alfred Adams here with Melody Cedarstrom on Financial Survival, and the program is brought to you by Discount Gold and Silver, 1-800-375-4188 for all your gold coin needs. What's next, Melody? Oh, a lot of things going on, Al. U.S. home construction today, that supposedly rose 4.4% in December. Those are new construction, new homes, supposedly rebounded. Um, they started at the annual adjusted, seasonally adjusted annual rate of 1.9 million in December, and an increase. Uh, however, for all of 2014, builders started construction of 1.01 million new homes and apartments. Um, however, at the top of the peak of the housing boom, uh, builders had started to work on two. 0.07 million homes. So it seems like we're still a far cry away from where we were in 2005, even though they tout these numbers that things are great. And um, um, and what's interesting too is that the the, the the number of new homes they only represent only a fraction of the housing market, and um, they do have a big impact supposedly on the economy, um, but. Um, uh, you know, where they do create jobs and so forth and tax revenue, but still this is just a small fraction of the housing market. Well, it reflects the Obama State of the Union speech oh, yes. last night oh. insofar as he's saying, yeah, 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 we're in the recovery, the recovery is taking place. No, it's not. Not. We are perhaps moving toward a recovery, but there is no recovery here. We have not yet recovered. A number of indicators are not yet at the same level we saw back in 2008. All right? Yeah, we've made some progress lately, and that's a good thing. But it's one of those things, again, the government has an obligation 
to tell us lies, tell us lies, tell us sweet, sweet lies, because the system runs on public confidence. All right? They've got to make us believe everything is hunky-dory. Does anyone say hunky-dory anymore, Melody, or is it just am I the last one? No, I no, I don't think you're the last one, but okay. uh, we're, we're certainly in a group that is declining. All right, there's less and less. It's become an exotic terminology. <laughs> Do you say hogwash? <laughs> Not in mixed company. Okay. All right, I, I, I'm too much. You got, <laughs> I've got that gentleman thing going that's been, you know, it's senior citizens, we have manners. As younger people, if they say these words any place they feel like it. But the point I'm getting to is the government, our economy has become a function of psychology of the investor more than the objective facts that underlie the investment. People aren't going out and investing in the stock market, in the Dow Jones, for example. They're not going out because they have investigated a, perp, a particular stock and looked at the profit and loss ratio, ratio and tried to discover how much, what's the debt to profit ratio. And I don't know all of the little technical things. I know that people still do that, but it's not controlling to the same degree as the politics of Janet Yellen or someone else in a position of power feeding us a little happy talk and all of a sudden the markets jump. Not because the corporations are more profitable, but because by saying a few magic words, Janet Yellen may have restored some of our confidence. And the market, which is intended to measure the investments, right, instead becomes a measure of public confidence. It measures the investor's psychology. And when you think about that, we've got the horse you know, the cart before the horse. Instead of the investments determining the market, the investors are determining the market. And that's not an absolute truth, but there's a point to this. There's a, And it seems that we are unduly dependent on investor psychology. And so the government, they're sitting back and say, well, we don't have to create an environment where people can actually make some money. We just have to create an environment where people believe they can make some money. And there's some truth to that. That's not, you know, there's truth to that, but it becomes a peculiar kind of truth. What is the proper way to invest, Melody? Do you invest based on the investor's confidence in the whole market, in the economy, in the Obama administration, or do we invest based on the objective attributes of a particular investment vehicle based on the fundamentals and those trends i understand they're constantly changing and look at the trends that we have to follow today um just as you described uh, look at the condition of the world Uh, look at all the hot spots in the world and, and everyone is just waiting you can ask anyone everyone is just waiting for that flash to happen yeah i know and uh, it's certainly coming our way, and you can have predictions for this year, next year, two years from now. But uh, uh, it's coming, and it's coming rapidly. I mean, you have the, the elite, the global elite in Davos um, getting together. And, and you, know, it, you know, it truly is amazing how people just continue to ignore the, the negative and spin it to the positive. And, yeah, that's what the government wants, and mm-hmm. there's a point to it. I mean, they're looking for optimists. 
but is optimism and there's it's it's it, you know everyone wants to be optimistic mm-hmm. right but there is a point in time where your optimism becomes counterproductive when the reality of the situation is grim it may be fun to have some optimists around and say well we'll work our way through it it's all going to work out well yeah maybe we will but maybe we need to actually deal with the problem rather than our perception of the problem. We get optimism is helpful, but maybe it's not enough, and sometimes it may even be contrary to our best interests. We need to look at the problem and say, what is happening here? And don't give me, you know, sunshine. I want to know what is the problem, and let's see if we can deal with the problem. But optimism, you know, essentially it tends to deny that there's a problem. You know, it's funny, you see all these people, if you watch the mainstream news, the financial programs, they, they parade all these Davos attendees uh, mm-hmm. you know, with interviews and so forth. Do you really believe what they come out and talk about is what goes on behind closed doors? <laughs> of course, how many people are going to be there? Well, there's 2,500 heads of state and multinational corporations. They do do the bidding of the elite. And, and they do do the bidding of the New World Order. I mean, that's how it all comes together, and that's how they may continue to get become wealthier and wealthier and wealthier. That's how there's been so many billionaires created. But whatever they do, they decide for them, and certainly not for the people of various countries around the world, and not, certainly not for the United States. So they do serve a purpose. I went to, an, I went to a, uh, a conference back in the probably 1970s on anthropology and there were I have no idea 1500 2000 people at the conference and it all sounded very official and everyone was going to the conference and we're going to study anthropology and the rest of that sort of thing but the fact is it was just an excuse to go on a trip and go hang out in some bars and chase around for a while until you had to show up for a conference or two that there, you know during the day there'd be there and what I'm just trying to get to is if we've got 25 people 2,500 people going to Davos, I'm going to make it bet there's only 50 of them there that actually make much difference. But those, those are the ones, you're right. And 50 are there just to go skiing, but those take the wild 50, women in the, in the saloons, and uh, go home. But those 50 certainly have major impacts. Now, I believe these meetings, meetings of Davos today, maybe they're not important as much as they were 10 years ago perhaps, you know, to where things were really, where they could go in there and truly make these changes. Uh, it is a little more difficult in today's world uh, because they've already accomplished so much. You know, well, they've also their... lost a certain amount also. What can you do today at Davos, given that tomorrow um, the European Central Bank is presumably going to announce what it's going to do about quantitative easing? Oh, all these guys will all be positioned so they don't get hurt. The elite you know, seldom get hurt if you're one of the elite. And, uh, you know, you know. Well, okay. what I'm trying to say is this is like having, I don't know. Man, I'm certainly not defending the Super Bowl tomorrow, and we're planning on how to play football today. There's there's something. Well, they've already probably. They should be having this meeting a week or ten days after the European Central Bank makes its decisions. If it hasn't already decided, and they already don't, they already, they already know. know what's they already know. I don't know, but um, they already know. When you have it's a little anticlimactic, the big news is what's the European Central Bank going to do? And 
Davos, what are they going to talk about? The European Central Bank is going to do something. Davos is going to have a conversation and go out and drink wine and, uh, you know, fondue, eat fondue. Well, they allowed to keep these multi-corporations going, and they do make their connections and so forth, and they do, in, in fact, help with the manipulation of the governments for the stock markets. So, you know, it's I don't think their power or they're as significant as they once were. I agree. When this was all coming together. Uh, now, think, now they might be just as, you know, clapping everybody on their back and saying what they've accomplished now. But uh, the central bankers, they need them. Well, it they need be. a lot of these people. And why do they need them? How many will be there as, whether they know it or not, as sacrificial lambs? I mean, you have you How have many of the people who think they're movers and shakers will be at Davos, and the bankers are saying, we got to eat some of our own now. We've got to cannibalize you some Chris, of our own. You, you, have, you have the Christine Lagarde there. You have you have a lot of big heads of states that are there. Yeah, just some other people who think they're big, and maybe they're not big enough. Well, you know, it's one of those things. Know, well, it's sacrifice. I would say that the people at Davos, if I had to guess, I'd say that after the situation that developed from the Swiss National Bank releasing the peg on the on the uh, Swiss the Swiss crone relative to the euro. I'd say there's people at Davos, there may be, there's maybe an undercurrent of fear. And they're wondering, oh my gosh, because there was a big reaction to a relatively, to a seemingly small event. There was a big reaction financially to Switzerland breaking the peg, the, the, relations, the fixed relationship with the euro. There were significant in some corporations, uh, uh, some financial institutions, not a majority or anything like that, but someone out of business. They have to be wondering, oh, my gosh, how fragile is this system? And is there anything they can do about it? I mean, they're faced with that. It, what, you know, I'm going to Davos because I'm a mover and a shaker. Well, that's nice. That's nice. Everybody likes to hear that. Oh, I know a friend of mine went to Davos, very important guy. Maybe they don't even know what's going on over there. There's got to be a lot of people that are deeply concerned. What is happening? What's going to happen tomorrow? Well, I think a lot of this is already written into the markets as far as what's going to happen tomorrow. They've been talking about a European stimulus, uh, very similar to what Bernanke did with our QE, purchasing of bonds. They've been talking about it forever. So, you know, it's time that they get down to do something. Um, like I say, they're going to do something, and people at Davos are going to talk about doing something. And, I'm, and there's a difference here, and they've got to be concerned. So I don't know. I, it's one of those things. It's just interesting to me. Davos today, tomorrow we find out what the European Central Bank is going to do. It's in, to me, it should be the other way around. We should find out what is the European Central Bank going to do, and then Davos another week, they are week. 10 days, whatever, and they say, okay, here's how we're going to adjust to that. Here's what we're going to do to compensate for whatever the European Central Bank did. If well, it they, did something that seems stupid or dangerous or whatever. Well, they will be able to do it. So, But they won't be at the meeting. Sure they will. Well, Only tomorrow. But what I'm trying to keep, but Davos isn't going to last for another week or 10 days. Well, they, they make their connection, and their connections are long after the mm. the meeting also, so. Let's talk about the, the European. Let's get off Davos. Let's talk about the European um, well, quantitative easing. Yeah, mm -hmm. That's what they're bringing up. And 
Here's an article here from Ambrose Evans Pritchard from The Telegraph in England. And he's talking about currency devaluations are spreading into every re, uh, in every region of the world. And he's talking about currency wars are going on. And where the competing countries are fighting in these currency wars to, to, to prove that their currency is worth less than their competitors' currencies. And they achieve, they make their currency worth less by means of inflation. And part of this article argues that quantitative easing is just another form of inflation. That's they put all that money out. It was intended to cause inflation, and the inflation would make the dollar worth less or the yen worth less or the euro now worth less, and then they would have an advantage in international trade. But when you stop to think about it, this is so crazy. He's asking, and they ask, uh, where well, you're seeing true currency wars and everybody is doing it, and I have no idea where it's going to end. And where will it end? It has to end when the currency, any particular currency, becomes worth less. And it becomes zero because that's what they're fighting for. Where's the bottom? The bottom is when the dollar, which is still worth a nickel compared to what it was 40 years ago, the dollar, when it becomes worth a zero, when it falls to four cents and three cents and two cents and one cent compared to what it once was, at that point in time, in theory, we have reached the bottom. Same thing goes for the euro. Same, and people are fighting to get to that bottom. They said, I want to prove our currency is worth less than your currency. And their guy says, no, we have the worthless currency. And somebody says, no, no, our currency is worth less than all of your. It's crazy. And how can it end other than something like hyperinflation? We'll talk more about this when we return on a mo in a moment to financial survival. I'm Alfred Addis here with Melody Cedarstrom. Please stay tuned. We will be back. Pandemics will be a part of our future. The question is, how do we protect ourselves? Are you willing to put your trust in an untested vaccine hoping it kills mutating viruses? Remember, in 1976, health officials tried to inoculate Americans with swine flu, and there was a 300% death rate in those inoculated, and millions were paid out in damages. God gave you a sophisticated immune system, and in times of need, you can make it 10 times stronger. So there's no need to panic. Just get prepared. Call Apothecary Herbs to order your upgraded pandemic kit. You will have eight professional strength formulas offering broad-spectrum immune-boosting protection. Take a stand, have a plan, have peace, and request your pandemic kit today. Or take your chances with the bad boys. Call Apothecary Herbs toll-free, 866-229-3663, or online, thepowerherbs.com. Since the beginning of the United States, kings have sought it. Nations have fought for it. It has been traded, borrowed, purchased, and stolen. There is a reason for it. To secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, invest with the security of gold and silver. Call Discount Gold and Silver Trading at 1 800 
1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Listen to Financial Survival with your host, Melody Cedarstrom, on American Voice Radio Network and Shortwave Radio. Visit DiscountGoldAndSilverTrading.net or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. For the very best in gold and silver trading, call toll-free 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Call now. financial survival and we've been talking about one person's comment in an article by Ambrose Evans Pritchard from the Telegraph in England and he says I have no idea where this is going to end it's going to end in hyperinflation if at least unless unless the government say no we're not going to devalue our currencies anymore we don't want to inflate we're not going to and that means we're not going to stimulate we don't want to inflate, then it won't end in hyperinflation. But it ends with the currency going down, right? And it stops at some point. Who knows? Maybe the dollar continues to decline in value to where instead of being worth four cents, it's worth two and a half cents compared to what it was 40 years ago. I don't know where it ends. But if it persists, currency wars persist, the inflation will turn into hyperinflation, and the currency involved in these currency wars will turn out to be worthless. And this is an important insight from my perspective because it's telling you that inevitably if the big boys are going to continue to argue that my currency is worth less than your currency, another guy is, no, I have worse currency than all of you, that is their object. We are going to get down to where the currencies are worth less and less and less. And that tells us that if you're going to store your wealth in terms of these fiat currencies, you may have $100,000 today, and by the time they get done, you'll have 50000 and maybe nothing. The whole idea of these currency wars that they depend on inflation is one of the sales points for getting gold or silver. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's bizarre. We have a world where people are fighting to prove that they're, my, my currency is worth less than your currency. That's like saying, my $100,000 in the bank is worth less than your $100,000. People are working against what you would think is their own best interests. They're working against the best interests of their nation. They're working against the best interests of their creditors. Right? And where are they doing this? To reduce their debt. If I owe $100,000 and I can pay it off with dollars that are only worth 20 cents, as compared to what they are worth today in terms of purchasing power, I have reduced my debt by 80%. I still pay $100,000, but it's only got $20,000 in purchasing power. I'm getting over. Right? So this is great for debtors, but it's terrible for creditors. And how do you run a society, an economy, when you are wiping creditors out and destroying their wealth? 
how do you preserve wealth in that sort of environment? And one of the answers is you get into something that is not based on a promise to pay, which means not a piece of paper. All of your stocks, all of your bonds, all of your pensions, I've said it a hundred times. Oh, I haven't said it a hundred times. I've said it probably ten times. All that paper is not a payment. It's only a promise to pay. Real wealth is a payment. You want to preserve whatever wealth you have, you need to get into something tangible. Right? For example, gold or silver. You know, Al, today Richard Russell, 90 years old, newsletter writer, economist, mm-hmm. he proclaimed that the gold bull has just spit in the Fed's face by breaking out of its massive faith. He says the world depression has settled down on mankind. In the meantime, every nation is struggling to cheapen its currency. One way of doing this is that central banks are creating new trillions of assorted world currencies. It's rapidly dawning on the wealthy 1% that the fiat currencies they hold are fast becoming worthless. The worst of the fiat currencies have suddenly come into question, and the reaction of big money is to swap their garbage currencies for the only currency that has held its worth in all of history gold. And it is true. It's like you can feel this new rush into gold. I mean, I was looking at the numbers for the U.S. Mint, and and you always have a little distortion in January because of the the rush into 2015, and, you know, we've been buying, locking in prices on, so you get a little bit of distortion. But there's big numbers already for the month of uh, January for both uh, gold and silver this month. So you can feel the change and uh, uh, that the that the bull market in gold has resumed. I agree that you can feel the change. Or it's it's a subjective sort of thing, and it certainly looks that way. It feels that way. We're wondering right now. But we're, I know a lot of people are sitting back and wondering if the government's going to be able to slap the price of gold back down. Well, that's, it's up one hundred fifteen dollars a and month. And that doesn't mean we're going to see fifteen hundred by the next week. Of course not. That's not. No, I get that. A bull run, but could I mean, it fall? Could it fall significantly? It could pull back. Certainly, it could. Yep, we could have a pullback. But can we have a hundred and fifteen dollar pullback at this time? Unlikely. I think it's unlikely too. I think, and it raises a real interesting question to me, at least. And that is, why haven't the powers that be slapped gold down in the last month? Why have they allowed it to rise $115 in a month's time? We've watched this over the course of the last year or thereabouts, maybe more than that. Gold would go up. And you go up, maybe you might have a day when it went up $15, $20 and said, yay, it was a good day for gold. And then in the next day or so, it gets slapped back down, maybe 25 or $30. And then gold comes back up, and it's been holding in a range of somewhere around $1,200, just a ballpark figure. But now gold has jumped $115 in the last 30 days. And you have to wonder is that evidence that the powers that be have changed their mind and they're not going to try to suppress the price of gold anymore? Is it evidence that the market pressures pushing the price of gold higher have finally grown so strong that the powers that be just said, look, we can't keep selling our own gold in order to maintain the illusion that the price is next to nothing? But it seems to me that it's a valid question. Why hasn't somebody slapped the price of gold down in the last month? And it's either because they have changed their mind about suppressing the price of gold or they've lost the capacity to do it. 
Or third possibilities there. We just wait. You know, let's, uh, uh, I think one more month like this last 30 days. I don't think it's any of them. I, I, I think, you know, for the past, you know, when we look from, from the, the, the drop from 1900, and I really view it as 17, you know, so we, yes, we did hit 19, but um, we, we've seen it for the past, what, two years, two, two and a half years. Um we couldn't. They couldn't have high gold prices. We were like they were like treading water. The economy was like treading water. They, they need to build it up. They needed to to withstand it and do what they needed to do. And and I think at this point in time, there's changes coming. And I think it's just reality huh? that they can't force the price of gold down. Trust me, if they can keep the prices down, they would. But the reality, they can't. And. Uh, um, I think that is what is happening. And, yes, people are beginning to recognize that they, they need to get rid of these fiat currencies now, and they are heading into gold. I think we're seeing something happen here. We'll watch how this unfolds. But it's certainly encouraging. For those of you who have gold, saved some of your wealth in that form, in the last, in the last 30 days the value of your holdings have increased $115 for every ounce of gold you've got. That's not a bad deal. I mean, if you've got 100 ounces, you just made yourself, what, what $10,000? I don't think the bull market in gold, the bull market in gold started when they placed us on a fiat currency. Well, when we had the fiat currency, we started in the bull market in gold. And, uh, you know, certainly we had the trends and certainly periods of time oh, kept the price of gold higher and gold sure. going higher and it will continue yeah we had a two-year break yep. you know so to speak but uh, the bull market in gold to me didn't didn't stop the trend was always there and it has to continue and it will continue period right. price of gold is going higher if it doesn't go higher, all things are relative to what is going on. And the price of paper, the purchasing power of paper, is going lower. If gold stayed at these levels, I would prefer gold at this level during the collapse of a currency or a default than holding paper. And that's what people don't understand. You will be better off holding gold and silver no matter what happens, no matter what scenario is Why? created. Why? Because there will always be a market for it. It will there never will not necessarily zero. be a market for your paper. You may still have a bond that's worth, I says, $100,000 on Well, okay, let's see if you can sell it. Is there anybody out there who wants to buy your piece of paper? There will always be someone who wants to buy your gold. It's not clear that your paper will have value in the context of, you know, worst-case scenario or, you know, something headed in that direction. Well, will have value, paper may not. It'll have less value for paper, maybe no value. Where's the, where's the buyer? Always the buyer for gold. And we've seen how quickly, with the, with the uh, drop in these brokerage houses, I mean, a decision by a central bank, by the Swiss National Bank, it put brokerage houses out of business yep. that had been business for 30, 40 years. And then what did they rely on? They relied on paper, and paper debt instruments. 
And these were allegedly intelligent people. These are the kind of people who could sell you these investments and say, this is reasonable and responsible and harm for harm. We're big-time bankers, and we know how these things work. And they didn't have the money to uh, cover the losses. They didn't have the money to cover their mar- their losses. And all their accounts with their margins with their margins came into play. They couldn't pay. I know. They lost, and, and so it seems so simple that people can't understand. Um, well, the, what people don't understand is that the paper markets have worked well throughout most of your lifetime and mine. Mm-hmm. And we are all conditioned to believe, oh, it was good for my dad, it'll be good for me, it'll work, you know, the stock market. Uh, maybe not. It's maybe just a blip. We'll watch and see how this works out. But just because it's worked for the last 40 years does not prove that it's a contender for gold, which has worked for the last several thousand years. Huh? One of those things you have to look at this. We can't give the unfortunate thing is we can't tell you when the stuff is going to hit the fan. And no one can, so far as I may. I certainly can't. There's the problem. There's a, there's a lot of predictions out there. Yeah, there's a lot yeah. of predictions out there, and you got to take them all with a certain amount of salt. But nevertheless, you can look at the momentum. You can connect the dots. You can see the direction, identify the trend. You know, we're probably going to a point where the paper is going to turn out to be worth much less than it is today. It may be worth nothing. What do you do? You know, some of this is not just about investing in the, from the perspective of how can I make, make a fast buck. Some of this is about how do I preserve the wealth that I have, accumuli- that I have accumulated over the last 20, 30, 50 years. That wealth is your currency, it's your land, it's your house, it's whatever you've got for investments, and it reflects how much you worked. That's your hours. That's your life. It's your blood. It's your energy that's been, that's being represented by that piece of paper that says it's $100,000. And likewise, it's your life, your energy, that's represented by however many ounces of gold you have. That's what the wealth is. It's the savings from your effort over the past decade, two, you know, 20, 50 years, whatever. That's what that wealth is. You your life, it's like, you know, they have a Kodak moment, you know. Take a picture. Oh, here's a picture. Well, that's what your gold is. It's kind of like a Kodak moment for your work and your profitability and your effort. And if you store that Kodak moment, right, in financial Kodak moment, if you're going to store that in something paper or digital, you may have to remember it. You may remember it, but you may not get it. On the other hand, if you store that Kodak moment of your financial productivity in the form of gold, it's going to be there. Right? Worst case scenario, and that's that's what we are looking at, and that's what we're considering. Are we gonna? Are we any closer to that worst case scenario? And if so, when can we expect a real problem? You know, who can say? I don't know, but it certainly looks that we are edging closer to that problem. And if we are. Not a bad idea to buy while the price is. Huh? Anything could happen at any time. Heck, you, I mean, I'm just going to scoot over to Ukraine. I mean, Russian officials with support from the European Union, they're trying to, they're continuing to try to get the ceasefire in Ukraine back in place. So now you have Russia working with the European Union trying to get the ceasefire 
back in place after it collapsed over the weekend uh, with a full-scale Ukrainian military offensive that was in the, the east part. And uh, Ukraine is opening up their draft. Um, it, 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 it's things like this that, you know, it seems to go away, and then it can come back in, in full force. And there, there, there's tons of these things going on with, with Israel. And they're all related. And they're all related. All related. Absolutely. And that's, what, that's what's dangerous. It used yes. to be if there was a problem in Ukraine, it was, well, it was interesting. It was like, who wins the Super Bowl? Well, it's interesting, but it doesn't necessarily relate to me or Melody or, or most of you in the audience. But now Ukraine does make a difference. It could affect you and me and everybody. Who knows where this is going to go because we have global free trade and one world government and blah, blah, blah. We're all in a – if you believe in that, I guess you can stick with paper. If you think of this as shaky, you need to get some gold. I'm Alfred Addis. We're out of time. I want to thank all of you for listening. We'll be back tomorrow. In the meantime, the good Lord bless you, Lee Melody, and Frank, the producer. Bye-bye. I work all night, I work all day, pay the bills I have to pay. Pay the staff, but still there never seems to be a single penny left for me. American Voice Radio Network is heard on Galaxy 19, 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. Internet access for their people during civil strife. The FCC sees news commercial shortwave frequencies right after the September 11th attacks. No one communication system can be dependent on to be there when you need information. You need choices. You need a kidney and free to air satellite system from AVR. The AVR system includes a receiver, an LNB, and a 75 centimeter dish. All you need to get on your own is a coaxial cable. The system is delivered to your door for $149.99. That's right, delivered for $149.99. That's the shipping and the system, $149.99. Call 541-225-4659. That's 541-225-4659. Or visit AmericanVoiceRadio.com and click the satellite system. Studies have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. 
Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. things in this world are more important than clean, pure water. Understanding this, ABR makes four tabletop water distillers available to you for purchase. First, we have the five and a half hour per gallon with polycarbonate collection jug for $139. The second is a five and a half hour per gallon with glass collection jug for $189. The third is a three and a half hour per gallon with polycarbonate collection jug for $189. And our premier tabletop distiller is a three and a half hour per gallon with glass collection jug for $250. All our distillers have a stainless steel boiling pot, dome, and cooling tubes. And the Premier version also has a splash flap to protect against contamination of the cooling tubes. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com for more information and protect your water supply. Fighting soldiers from the sky. Fearless men who jump and die, men who mean just what they say, the brave men of the Green Beret, silver wings upon their chest, these are men, America's best, 100 men. We'll test today, but only three when the Green Beret. All right, everybody, welcome to Freedom Call. You're listening to American Voice Radio. I'm your host. My name is Bo Wright, and uh, there is a way to communicate with me. Well, as long as, you know, Al Gore did this. And I think he did a good thing, inventing the Internet. But you can't find Al Gore anymore to ask him about global warming, or I think Tipper's trying to run him down to divorce him. And so we, I don't know how long the Internet will hold up without Al Gore. But uh, it, right now it's uh, basically free to send email, and uh, my email address is Bo Brights, B-O-G-R-I-T-Z, Bo Brights, at M-S-N, stands for Microsoft Network, dot com. Now, as we speak, the House of Representatives could be voting on repeal of Obamacare. Today is a day that they had marked uh, to vote 
try to repeal Obamacare, and uh, they're going to do it today. And so, as I say, even as we speak, uh, they could be about that. Now, while we wait uh, to know if Obamacare will uh, still be around, uh, we have the likes of J.P. Morgan. Now, uh, J.P. is one of the main uh, residents in the Twin Tower that, of course, collapsed. Well, J.P. Morgan is a big financier when it comes to military. And uh, the military uh, has laws protecting it against uh, being thrown out of their home by foreclosure and being gouged uh, by uh, unscrupulous scam artists. Well, J.P. Morgan, I mean, this he is one of the rootmeisters of the actually unconstitutional Federal Reserve System. J.P. Morgan was Rothschild's representative in the banking business here in the United States. And they have admitted, which means they were caught, and now they have admitted, and there is action being taken against them, they've admitted to charging GIs excessive percentages of interest on their mortgages and of throwing them out of their homes with foreclosure, but not legal foreclosures. And so J.P. Morgan is apologizing and says that they're uh, going to refund uh, to those military that uh, aren't dead, aren't uh, irrevocably uh, injured in hospitals across the world, deployed, whose families haven't been destroyed already. They're going to refund uh, money to you, and uh, the military will be compensated for having their homes illegally foreclosed upon and being cheated by the shysters working for J.P. Morgan. And, you know, it's really a lot of our fault because we remember, oh, I say we, it really shouldn't be we. Uh, It might be us, the United States, but the trillion dollars Obama bailed all of these huge, and they were too big to fail, and so we bailed them out, and they gouged and fed upon our soldiers, because you see, soldiers, they don't look very closely at the small print. They're kind of worried about other things. And when a person is deployed and all of a sudden here comes the bank 
and says, uh, your home has been foreclosed upon. You need to get out now. Well, you know, the military used to be shoved around by civilians all the time. Remember, unless there is a war going on, uh, there's usually a sign. And do you remember these signs? Dogs and soldiers off the grass. Oh, anyway, don't do business with J.P. Morgan. If there's any way at all uh, to do business without the likes of J.P. Morgan. Jeez, you know, this name has uh, been, I believe, a blight upon the righteous part of the United States, meaning our Constitution, our Declaration, the Bill of Rights, meaning what uh, our founders uh, termed free enterprise, not capitalism, free enterprise, own your home. It was the J.P. Morgan banks who fought against all that. They, it was J.P. Morgan who led the way in uh, downing and taking away uh, the Constitution and making banks uh, with this Federal Reserve law where they ended up buying all 50. That was all the influential newspapers. Then they filled, it was J.P. Morgan that filled these newspapers for propaganda until the United States uh, finally gave in and the people uh, didn't understand, but the Congress was pressured, so they voted to take away from the U.S. Congress its responsibility for the currency and credit of the United States and give it into the hands of civilian banks. You know, they wanted to do this with old Hickory. And he told them, quote, you are a den of vipers and thieves. And by the power of the Almighty, I will rout you out. And old Hickory did. You don't read a lot about Andy Jackson in history books. He really was a hero. But one reason why is because the bankers hate Andrew Jackson. You know, the debt of the United States during Andy Jackson's two terms in office was zero. Andy Jackson just did it right. Zero. No debt. Boy, where is Andy Jackson when we need him? But there is a way, and I discussed it yesterday, and you may say, oh, oh, oh my goodness, we can't do that. That's too radical. Well, wait till the United States falls. The Constitution fails. The internationalists take over. You know, we got Hu Jintao, who is having dinner in the White House with the Obamas tonight, 
being serenaded by a very prominent group of black uh, jazz, primarily, uh, entertainers. And uh, he is just surveying what it is. Do you, do you understand? I, was, I couldn't believe it. Continental aircraft engines. Now, you may say, well, Mo, uh, what, uh, what's the big deal about China buying Continental aircraft engines? My gosh. You know, the, the bird dogs, the old ones, uh, which we flew uh, you know, for years and years as observer aircraft. Probably most of the civilian aircraft in the uh, light aircraft general aviation industry has continental engines, either continental or Lycoming. Well, now China is going to make continental aircraft engines. My heavens. You know, it's, it's scary. It really is to think. And you think there are some things that are American that aren't going to change. Well, uh, Hu, H-U, Hu, Jin, Dao is the head of the Communist Party in Red China. Let's not forget that communism is not dead. Communism is flourishing. American Voice Radio Network is heard on Galaxy 19, 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. Can your family survive a food shortage lasting two weeks, six months, or maybe longer? Sound far-fetched? We live in precarious times. There is an ever-increasing possibility of food shortages caused by terrorist attacks, natural disasters, truck strikes, or monetary collapse. You owe it to yourself and family to prepare, and you can by getting a supply of our long-storing, freeze-dried, dehydrated foods. Our foods are time-tested to store for decades, require a minimum of time and energy to prepare while maintaining superior nutritional value, freshness, and taste. Our foods were designed for the space program and are in constant use today by our own nuclear submarine service. Contact the freeze-dried guide today 
freeze-dry guy at lancet.com. That's freeze-dry guy at l-a-n-s-e-t.com or call 530-265-8333. 530-265-8333. And let them know you heard it on American Voice Radio.
Now, does this go as far as television? Well, is it a communication device? The answer is yes. And when did this happen, you say? My goodness, I didn't know. This goes back to about 1996, when we thought that America was a much safer place than it is now. And almost any kind of uh, government bill that has uh, security or safety or privacy, look out. Uh, it means probably that the uh, government is has figured out a new way to intrude on our privacy, our security, uh, our safety. Anyway, uh, we're just letting you know that uh, this president of the Communist Party is also president of, I mean, he's chairman of the Communist Party, but uh, he's president uh, of Red China, and he is in America surveying, basically, uh, what it is that Red China uh, has bought. They owe a great deal of America's debt, and uh, Red China will have quite a bit to say about the value and the continued acceptance, use of the U.S. dollar as world currency. You see right now uh, gasoline that we buy from the Arabs and things like this, well, we pay them in U.S. dollar. But uh, it doesn't have to be that way. It's because U.S. currency was uh, the most dependable and the most reliable, and so uh, it became world currency. But uh, we uh, have uh, a lot of enemies now in the Arab world. And in the OPEC, uh, ten nations of OPEC, most of them are Islamic. And uh, anytime you think that Saudi Arabia is uh, our friend, and that uh, they are going to do everything they can to uh, look after the United States, think again. Anyway, it is, uh, it's not that uh, we should you know, not welcome anyone to the United States to have a steak, and probably literally a steak. Actually, they're having lobster, royal lobster, and a whole lot of other things. But uh, in this case, there's like, and there's about 225 people uh, that uh, Obama has invited uh, to uh, have dinner with the number one communist in the world. Yeah, because Red China has more people than anybody else. Uh, India is second. India is not a communist country. But when you look at the communist countries, and you see uh, Russia is not communist anymore, but Red China and uh, Korea and uh, all of Southeast Asia, and, of course, a little Cuba is still uh, so-called communist. Now, a couple of things that you need to uh, know about, and that is, uh, uh, one, is that in Camden, New Jersey, uh, Camden is one of the 
And uh, because of their budget problems, and uh, I guess like, well, everybody has uh, got the problems except Red China. And the biggest problem Red China has, I guess, is the United States. Uh, how much more uh, of U.S. dollars uh, will Hu Jintao decide that he's going to buy uh, and allow? He said already, uh, we're not going to uh, buy any more uh, dollars because Obama was just turning it out. But now he's uh, having a lobster dinner uh, with the Obama family and 225 uh, prominent uh, friends. And, you know, some of them, I mean, Obama appointed a communist uh, to one of his czars that was one of his personal advisors. And when it became known that the guy was a self-proclaimed communist, then uh, he resigned. Well, and, uh, you know, there's another uh, thing that's kind of interesting. There's, uh, I mentioned about the mayor, uh, not the mayor, but the governor of the great state of Maine. And that was, I think uh, that was yesterday or the day before. But he uh, told the NAACP, oh, yeah, this was uh, just before, uh, this was on Friday. Uh, the NAACP wanted the governor of Maine to go to the Maine uh, prison, state prison, and visit uh, with black prisoners. And the governor said, uh, well, I will go to the prison, but I'll uh, visit with all of the prisoners. And the NAACP said, no, uh, we want this uh, on uh, MLK uh, occasion to be just black. And he said, quote, you can kiss my butt. That's a quote out of the governor uh, from the great state of Maine. I got more respect now uh, for the governor and the state of Maine. Uh, he is known for his plain talk, and he uh, said, you are obviously just a special interest group. He said, I will not be held hostage by special interests. So he said, kiss my butt. Well, now uh, we've got uh, a Hawaii governor, Neil Abercrombie, and uh, of all this talk back and forth, you know, about uh, Obama being uh, born and, and the governor of Hawaii saying, I have his birth certificate and I'm going to keep it secure until uh, Obama would uh, tell him uh, to, it was okay to release. Well, now... Governor Neil Abercrombie of Hawaii says that he doesn't have uh, the <clears throat> uh, long-form hospital-generated birth record that they give when a, a baby is born in the, uh, in the hospitals in Hawaii. Uh, he doesn't have it. This is what Abercrombie, the governor, uh, has told to the Honolulu Star newspapers there. 
that he is searching the Hawaii Department of Health to see if he can't find definitive vital records that would prove Obama was born in Hawaii. And there's a spokesperson for Abercrombie, uh, Donald De La Cruz, that uh, just will not answer the press beyond what Abercrombie has told the Honolulu Star. And uh, toward the end of the interview, uh, the star asked uh, Abercrombie, uh, you stirred up quite a controversy with your comments regarding birthers. That's what they call people who question uh, Obama's being a natural-born citizen of America. Uh, You're a birther, and as if it has some kind of bad connotation. And it says, your plan to uh, release more information regarding President Obama's birth certificate, how is that coming? And Abercrombie acknowledged that it does have political implications and that, quote, we simply cannot uh, have these political implications and I don't have the birth information, but we're looking for it. Kind of interesting. All right, hang on to American Voice Radio exactly uh, where you are right now, and uh, I'll be right back with you just in a couple of minutes. survive a food shortage lasting two weeks, six months, or maybe longer? Sound far-fetched? We live in precarious times. There is an ever-increasing possibility of food shortages caused by terrorist attacks, natural disasters, truck strikes, or monetary collapse. You owe it to yourself and family to prepare, and you can by getting a supply of our long-storing, freeze-dried, dehydrated foods. Our foods are time-tested to store for decades, require a minimum of time and energy to prepare while maintaining superior nutritional value, freshness, and taste. Our foods were designed for the space program and are in constant use today by our own nuclear submarine service. Contact the freeze-dry guy today. Day, freeze dry guy at landset.com. That's freeze dry guy at lanset.com or call 530-265-8333. 530-265-8333 and let them know you heard it on American Voice Radio. You there. 
Yeah, you, the one listening to the American Voice Radio Network. I know where you have been. I saw where you went out in the woods that day while you were hiding your food and ammo. I know where you go every day. Fight the government, and I'm here to protect you. Thanks to your GPS-enabled cell phone and the GPS devices we planted on your vehicles without a warrant, we can track and trace your every move. We are so glad you didn't buy a GPS jammer from thesignaljammer.com because you would have blinded us. And when the day came to round you up and steal your hidden goodies, we'd have to search high and low for you. So take my advice. Don't buy any GPS jammers, and don't even think about buying any cell phone jammers from thesignaljammer.com because we want to know where you are. What makes deep sea salt from France so different? Up from the ocean depths in the south of France flow undersea rivers of pristine sea water. At high tide, the prepared salt ponds are filled with this water. Over spring and summer, processed only by ocean breezes and sunshine, the brine thickens and salt crystals float to the top. These are harvested with nets and deposited on wooden drainage flats to dry. The salt is then gathered up, packaged, and shipped around the world. This salt is much more than a box of lifeless sodium chloride. Soldiers worth their salt were once paid with this valuable commodity. It contains 78 to 84 balancing elements. This is living salt, and once you have tasted it, you will never go back to anything else. I've seen this salt in gourmet shops for $30 a pound. Get it now at 4spectrum.us for under $8 a pound. Order 10 pounds and enter the coupon code AVRSALT at checkout and save $20. Ships free to your door or call 800-581-8906. Order today. American Voice Radio Network is heard on Galaxy 19, 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. Uh, I've actually got two 
microphones and earphones are all uh, in use uh, to bring you whatever you're hearing. And it's uh, not always uh, the finest signal. So Frank's always trying to give you the, the highest fidelity possible. So it's not, uh, not American voice. It's right here. Just when I was talking, I guess that means you don't talk about the chairman. And, uh, I, you know, in Chinese, the T's are pronounced D. And so uh, people uh, say Chu uh, Ming Tan, and actually it's Wa Ming Dong. <laughs> well, uh, in Hu Jin, it's Tao. But actually, see, unless I see the Chinese character, it may be Dao, and the Dao means the way. Ooh. And so uh, maybe you shouldn't talk about uh, who is the family, who Jean Dao. Maybe you don't talk about the chairman. Anyway, we're going to talk about this guy coming up here because uh, this guy is not a doctor. This guy is uh, a devil. And uh, the devil lives in Philadelphia. And uh, the devil takes born babies that uh, are crying, and with scissors, he clips the spine in the back of the neck. And, of course, they can't move. He collects uh, baby feet in jars. If you look around uh, his office space, you'll find in uh, different uh, cubby holes bottles of uh, infants. These are living children. He is the late, late, term abortion doctor and now we know who he is oh gosh you know i have actually prayed as i walk the runway at night uh, it's a wonderful it's about three miles when uh, you cover uh, the runway itself is uh, about 3500 uh, feet long and then you have taxiways uh, off to the side, so you walk uh, the taxiways, the runways, and back around the taxi, about three miles. And you can, the sky is usually clear in uh, the Mojave Desert, 50 miles southwest of Las Vegas. And I have had religious experiences out here in this desert at night when you can focus uh, on uh, just uh, doing your best to talk to God, praising him, thanking him, posing problems. Haven't ever heard his voice out here uh, as I have in the jungles of Laos and you know, different uh, times that were significant on the battlefield I have uh, thought that maybe as a man uh, dedicated, de- 
1969. I came home to Vietnam in 69. Uh, I was post. Uh, I had killed hundreds of people. I felt my soul was uh, irretrievable. I just couldn't see how, because I never thought I'd ever come home uh, from living on the ground for years, fighting hand to gland. I just never thought I'd come home. I had divorced uh, my wife and, and told her, advised her to go on with her life, that I wasn't, I wasn't coming home. Well, uh, I promised because of what happened on a mountain in Mexico in 1969 I promised uh, our Creator that I wouldn't draw another breath that wasn't in uh, and for uh, His glory and what I thought and what He would allow me to uh, believe or to understand was His will. That had priority, job one. And I thought maybe it would, uh, you know, because I had such experience, uh, in uh, destroying uh, human beings that we call the enemy, I thought maybe uh, that these uh, heinous late-term abortion doctors uh, might be thought to be enemies, and uh, the innocent blood of 50 million Americans that are murdered by uh, these, especially these. And this guy is not just late term. His name is Kermit Gosnell, K-E-R-M-I-T-G-O-S-N-E-L-L. His operation is set up in Philadelphia, and uh, it is under... Let me look at my notes that I have researched on this on this devil. Uh, the children, it's called the Women's Medical Society. It was started by him in 1979. So he has been, what happens, the babies are born. And he kills them then. As I speak, this rotten excuse for a human being, Kermit Gosnell, has been charged with murder, along with nine of his assistants who helped him. And he has collected millions of dollars since 1979, the cost of these abortions depends upon what the weight of the baby is and how much anesthesia the mother wants. This guy is totally inhuman. Now, God will be his judge. There was a time in my life when I seriously thought that it 
that my service should be put toward eliminating, exterminating this kind of a devil that spills the innocence of America to taint this soil. If you read it all in the Bible about innocent blood, uh, there it is quite a detail and important ceremony to cleanse the soil so it isn't tainted for those who must live upon it and live with it. Anyway, this guy is, uh, let me read you uh, just a bit that I copied down. Philadelphia abortion doctor Kermit Gosnell, G-O-S-N-E-L-L, you can look it up for yourself, charged with murdering seven infants with scissors. Now, he's been doing this since 1979, but, you know, they've got to have something now that's fresh, that's new, that they can charge him with. And uh, it says that he is charged with, uh, well, there's eight murder counts here, one uh, female patient and seven infants. He ran a house of horrors abortion clinic, has been charged in the death uh, one woman and seven babies who prosecutors say were born. Kermit Gosnell, uh, who treated mostly poor and immigrant women, was arrested Wednesday today along with nine employees from his West Philadelphia Women's Medical Society, among them a high school student who performed uh, treatment with no license. He was the one administering uh, anesthesia. There's Gosnell, 69, Rank raked in millions over 30 years performing illegal and late-term abortion. Official described his squalid clinic like something out of a horror movie. There are bags with bottles holding aborted fetuses. They were scattered throughout the building, said Philadelphia District Attorney Seth Williams. There were jars lining shelves with severed feet that he kept for no medical reason. Gosnell has been named in at least 10 malpractice suits, but Williams said state regulators ignored complaints about his clinic and that his office hadn't been inspected since 1993. Patients endured barbaric procedures at the hands of the twisted doctor, officials charge. I mean, to go on uh, would be uh, disrespectful to radio. But you can look this thing up uh, for yourself. Uh, his arrest is posted. 
can understand why I have said in the past there are human beings that do not have a soul. Now, it is not true that it is just something uh, generic or genetic even. I've heard, I actually know people that say that uh, the mud races, that means anybody that's not white, that doesn't have a soul. That is absolute, unadulterated horse hockey. But by their fruits shall ye know them, is what the Messiah said. And when you look and you see someone so evil, who lives in such despicable ways, and has been doing this since 1979 to poor and immigrant women who, uh, rather than uh, be able to take care of an infant in these trying times, they will go to this guy, Gosnell, he births the baby, takes his scissors, and uh, severs the spine. He needs to have the same thing done to him. And by the way, when I, I prayed because I wanted some sign, I wanted some assurance that the kinds of thoughts I was having were justified, I never got it. I thought somebody ought to be uh, rubbing these people out like insects. But if it is supposed to be, I'm not the one. And I don't know why, because I've certainly had a lot of practice in doing uh, what uh, and decorated numerous times were doing what uh, the government said uh, were heroic services, and yet what looked to me, you know, like uh, something that was insane to the point where it steals your soul. Anyway, here's an interesting uh, story that uh, might just run us to the end of the hour. I've got more news for you, uh, but. In Birmingham, Alabama, Birmingham, also known as, uh, Alabama Governor Robert Bentley uh, made the news uh, this week. He told uh, a crowd just uh, moments into his new administration that uh, those who have not accepted Christ as their Savior are not his brothers and sisters. Now, you see, I, I don't fully understand this because the truth is, I don't know who uh, Robert uh, Bentley is. I don't know how he has traveled. But I know uh, that at one time, uh, David Duke was... Uh, running as a presidential candidate for the Populist Party. 
And the Populist Party uh, told me, Willis Carto was running it then, that that Jim Trofficon from uh, Cincinnati, Ohio, a congressman, was going to be the presidential candidate, and he they wanted me as a vice presidential candidate. I had lunch with uh, Jim Trafficott. I knew him when I was chief of congressional relations in all the secretary of defense. And uh, he said, Bo, I know you're not a politician, and I'll do all the work, but we just think that you might draw veterans' vote. And so uh, I had agreed to be a vice presidential candidate uh, with uh, Jim Tropicoff. This was 1988. Well, David Duke ended up uh, on, they, they put me first as accepted as vice president, as a candidate, and then uh, the next day was the big deal for Jim Tropicoff, and they voted him down ultimately and accepted David Duke. Well, I talked with because I said, no, now I you got to get yourself a new vice presidential running mate because I can't do this. And uh, they said, well, talk to, to David and see if you can't work out your differences. And I said, it's impossible. And so Duke asked me, why, Bo? What is wrong with me? You know, I'm a, a college graduate from great state of Louisiana. He's been a, uh, you know, a legislator. He was a Republican, for crying out loud. And I said, I can't do it because I have read and I see the things that you've done and you said as the grand dragon of the Ku Klux Klan. And I said, you know, to me, you just haven't traveled enough. I've been all over the world enough to tell you that there are God-fearing, loving, good people of every race, Every creed, every religious belief, you may say, oh, my gosh, Bo, you can't have a Buddhist that would be, uh, you know, considered uh, a good person. Why? First of all, God is their judge. But Christ said, look to their works. And I have seen righteous people. I've seen people willing to give their lives. I've seen people give their lives for others. So I I can't buy it. Anyway, the governor of uh, Alabama uh, said that if you don't uh, accept Christ, then you're not uh, one of his uh, brothers or sisters. It says anybody here today who's not accepted uh, Christ as their Savior, I'm telling you, you're not my brother and you're not my sister, and I uh, want to be your brother, Bentley said, Monday. His inauguration day, uh, according to the Birmingham News, the Anti-Defamation League, which I loathe on Tuesday, called Bentley's remarks shocking. Uh, his comments are not only offensive, but they also raise serious questions as to whether non-Christians can expect to receive equal treatment during his tenure as governor, said Bill Nygut, the ADL's regional director. Uh, speaking at the Dexter Avenue King Memorial Church after official inauguration ceremony, Bentley told the crowd that he considered anyone who believed in Jesus to be his brother and sister regardless of color. If the Holy Spirit lives in you, that makes you my brother and sister. Anyone who has not accepted Jesus,
the point is, friends, that uh, be very careful about being uh, judgmental. It don't make any difference if a person uh, is is carrying a cross, uh, wearing uh, priestly robes, uh, you know, with wings uh, pinned on their back. That person can be evil and mean, and uh, so you you look at people by their works, please. All right. Sorry for the various interruptions that we've uh, suffered uh, during this one hour, but tomorrow is a new day, the fourth day, the god of war, and I'll try to have my Acer uh, back online. So you stay with American Voice Radio. They'll give the best programming that they can. These are men, America's best. One hundred men will test today, but only three when the Green Parade. Trained to live off nature's land. Trained in combat and a hand. Men who fight by night and day. Few things in this world are more important than clean, pure water. Understanding this, ABR makes four tabletop water distillers available to you for purchase. First, we have the five and a half hour per gallon with polycarbonate collection jug for $139. The second is a five and a half hour per gallon with glass collection jug for $189. The third is a three and a half hour per gallon with polycarbonate collection jug for $189. And our premier tabletop distiller is a three and a half hour per gallon with glass collection jug for $250. All our distillers have a stainless steel boiling pot, dome, and cooling tubes. And the premier version also has a splash flap to protect against contamination of the cooling tubes. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com for more information and protect your water supply. have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific.
Good morning, everybody. <laughs> How you all doing today? This is Ashton. This is Health Talk. And the whole purpose of what I do is to try to tell you why you need to make changes. Because health doesn't come from a magic bullet. Because the reality is there ain't a lot of magic bullets out there that work. First and foremost, if you don't make changes and start putting unleaded fuel in the gas tank, what you're doing is going to fall short. So the whole purpose of what I'm doing is to point out to you things in your possible diet that you need to know about and that you need to change because that is the basis of good health. So what I'd like to talk about today is uh, a little bit, well, I got so much stuff, but I want to start with dairy products. And basically, for the longest time, I have found it so disturbing that there's people out there that work really hard to prevent the truth about the dairy industry from getting out. There are people who say, there's no difference between conventional dairy and organic dairy products. There's people that say that drinking milk does a body good no matter what kind you buy. And there's people who say there's no difference if the cow ate GMOs or grass or grains. For me, having been on the air since 1981, I like to know the truth about what I'm eating. And that's why I, I spend so much time researching about our food system and basically why I, I've dedicated my life to share the information I uncover. Because I know that there's a lot of you guys that are buying dairy products and eating dairy products. I mean, the, we're talking about billions of gallons being sold every year. And I feel that it's crucial that you know the main reasons why, if you insist on eating dairy, that you choose only organic milk if you choose to consume dairy. And those guidelines apply to all dairy products, be it butter, cheese, yogurt, ice cream, whey protein, whatever, because it's shoved into our minds infancy that milk does a body good and that we need three big glasses a day for calcium and strong bones. But the question is, is that really the case? So there are several reasons why to choose only organic. Because if you are not choosing only organic, you're compromising your health. If you cannot get organic, do not consume dairy. There's a lot of big conventional dairies in the U.S. that are injecting their cows with synthetic growth hormones that have been invented by Monsanto to increase milk production despite the evidence to show that it could lead to higher levels of cancer-causing hormones in your body. 
Now, the growth hormones have been shown to cause other infections, otherwise known as mastitis, and requires the use of antibiotics. So the Scientific Committee on Animal Health and Animal Welfare in the European Union reported that growth hormones create foot problems, mastitis, and reproductive disorders in the cows. And they concluded that the hormones should not be used. So just for your information, those hormones are banned in Europe, Norway, Switzerland, New Zealand, Japan, Canada, and the Cancer Prevention Coalition filed a petition with the EPA, I mean with the FDA, the Fraud and Drug Administration, requesting a ban of them in the U.S., but of course the FDA has done absolutely nothing because they're all hookers for the biotech industry. So the reason why organic is better is because growth hormones are not permitted to be given to cows that produce organic milk. That's number one. Number two, can you believe that almost all of the antibiotics in the United States, which is about 80% now, are fed to farm animals? And it's not because the animals are sick. It's because they have low levels. Their constant low levels of antibiotics require more just to fatten them up. So in addition, they're commonly given antibiotics to treat their other infections. And the conventionally raised cows are more likely to get those infections than organically grown cows, especially when they're given Monsanto's growth hormones. So this incredible overuse of antibiotics in farm animals is contributing to the increased antibiotic resistance and creating a major human health crisis. Do you understand that overuse and misuse of antibiotics in food animals is a major source of the antibiotic-resistant bacteria that is infecting humans, which leads to infections that are difficult to treat and sometimes impossible to cure. And if you don't do something about it now, your medicine cabinet will be empty and you will not have the antibiotics you need to save lives. So... Reason number two why organic is better is because the organically grown cows are less likely to get other infections. And the antibiotics are not given to healthy cows that produce organic milk. Because if an organic cow gets sick and needs antibiotic, it gets the treatment, but it's removed from production, so its milk is not sold as organic. And the regulations require that sick cows are not to be denied treatment. Every time you buy a carton of conventional milk, you are helping to line the pockets of the biotech companies, which is why 
conventional milk has been affectionately labeled Monsanto milk. So this whopping 90% of all genetically modified soybeans are fed to farm animals. So the biotech companies like Monsanto, DuPont, and Dow, they are spending enormous amounts of money to deny your right to know if GMOs are in your food. And anytime you buy a product that was produced with GMOs, you are helping to fund their campaigns. So buying Monsanto milk is no different than buying a box of genetically modified General Mills corn checks, which is another company that's funding the anti-labeling campaigns. And why is organic better? Again, because cows that produce organic milk only eat 100% organic food, which prohibits GMOs. Most dairy cows are living their lives on a genetically modified diet, which is not healthy for them. And studies that were not funded by the biotech industry has shown that genetically modified feed damages intestines and peripheral immune systems can cause reproductive problems and tumors. And farmers that have switched to non-GMO animal food are reporting that their animals are healthier and that grass-fed cows are the healthiest overall, requiring less drugs to treat disease. Now, you have to understand that a cow's gut is best suited for a grass diet. I mean, that's how, that's how they were created. And the starchy grain diet upset their stomachs by making acidic. And the acidic environment fosters the growth of disease, and animals are given more dangerous drugs to compensate. So you take a corn diet, which can give a cow acidosis, causing this kind of a bovine heartburn, which in some cases can kill the cow, but usually just makes it sick. And the acidotic animals go off their feeds. They pant. They salivate excessively. They paw at their bellies, and they eat dirt. And the condition, the acidosis, can lead to diarrhea, ulcers, bloating, liver disease, and a general weakening of the immune system that leaves the animal vulnerable to everything from pneumonia to feedlot polio. So another reason why organic is better is that cows that produce organic milk eat only 100% organic food, which prohibits GMOs, synthetic pesticides, plastic pellets for roughage, and byproducts from the slaughterhouses. Now, what are the byproducts from the slaughterhouses? It's all the crap that they get up off the floor, which they can't sell. Those are called byproducts. The organic cows are also required to graze on organic pastures 
for the entire grazing season, which is at least 120 days a year, and to to receive at least 30% of its feed from the pasture. And some organic dairies feed their cows 100% grass. So all you have to do is to ask to find out. Now, the grassy pastures are better for the topsoil than the GMO crops, crops like soy and corn. Because the GMO crops have shallow roots that are depleting the topsoil faster than the earth can replenish it. Okay, grass often has deep roots that are about 10 feet deep. And this helps to draw nutrients up into the topsoil. So a cow that is raised in a factory farm on a diet of mostly grains and GMO produces unmanageable amounts of manure that pollute the water and the air. And you wonder why we have global warming? So another reason for organic being better is that the grass-fed cows produce manure in amounts suitable for fertilizing the land, which improves the quality of our air, the quality of our water. And when the cows are fed grass, you greatly reduce the transportation costs for feed. Now, another interesting thing that you need to know about manure is that manure is rich in the mineral sulfur. When the Rockefellers, because they felt they weren't making enough money, number one, and because they wanted to reduce the population, number two, when they switched to the petrochemical fertilizers under the guise of speeding up farming and making it so that the farmers don't have to shovel doo-doo so much, it killed the sulfur cycle worldwide, and it eliminated the one essential mineral that kept people in good health. With that gone, disease became rampant. And is the only way you can get sulfur back into your diet is with organic sulfur crystals, and we can talk about that later. Now, conventional dairy cows are fed crops that have been genetically engineered to resist resist the spraying of herbicides, and the use of those chemicals has gone way up, whereby the total amount of Roundup applied to genetically modified crops increased tenfold from 1996 to 2012. And the residues from the herbicides Guess where they end up? In your food, including the food of the dairy cows. So the primary ingredient in Roundup glyphosate has been found in the breast milk of lactating women. So what does that suggest? It suggests that the glyphosate eaten by the cows also ends up in their milk. And research shows that glyphosate residues in the urine of the genetically modified fed cows has been shown that drugs fed to dairy cows end up in their milk. And I sincerely doubt that the industry is regularly testing milk for herbicide residues. And if the milk is not tested 
for glyphosate residues, does anyone guess how much of it ends up in the milk that you drink from the store? An ingestion of glyphosate residues has been linked to kidney disease, gastrointestinal disorders, obesity, diabetes, heart disease, depression, autism, infertility, cancer, Alzheimer's, and birth defects. And all this can be reversed if you stop eating GMOs and you start ingesting organic sulfur. I am serious. So another reason why organic is better is because the synthetic pesticides and the herbicides like Roundup are prohibited on the 100% organic feed that the cows graze on that produce organic milk. So let's say you want to get more nutrition. Well, basically, as Patricia Bragg says, you are what you eat. And most conventional cows are not fed diets that produce the healthiest milk. So you have a diet that contains excessive amounts of corn, which leads to an unhealthy amount of omega-6 fatty acids, which carries over to their milk. It's important to have a proper balance of omega-6 and omega-3 fatty acids. And most processed foods contain mostly omega-6 fatty acids, throwing the ratio way off. So what does that mean? Well, excessive amounts of omega-6 fatty acids and a very high omega-6 to omega-3 ratio promotes the oncoming of many diseases, including cardiovascular disease, cancer, and inflammatory autoimmune diseases. And studies found healthier fat ratios in organic milk as well as more antioxidants. Higher levels of beneficial fats like linoleic acid have been shown to reduce body fat and lessen your risk of cardiovascular disease and cancer. So why is organic better again? Because the organically grown cows are required to graze on grasses at least one-third of the year, which improves the nutritional quality of their milk. The dairy products from the grass-fed cows have been shown to have an improved omega-3 to omega-6 ratio, higher levels of beneficial fats, and more antioxidants. So why or how do you choose the best organic milk? Well, some of the organic milk in the grocery stores is ultra-high temperature pasteurized, believe it or not. And you'll find it labeled on the carton, and it's easy to spot. It says UHT, and the UHT milk has been so heavily heated. We're talking, you know, maybe 250, 300 degrees that nearly any of the health benefits are gone. So why drink it? Seriously, I believe that 100% grass-fed raw dairy is the best. And if it's available to you locally, raw dairy products are alive and have all their probiotics, their vitamins, and their enzymes, including phosphatase, which is necessary to properly absorb the calcium in the milk. 
but you have a problem because the USDA has instituted raids on organic raw milk products. And why have they done that? Because it works and because they're hookers. For the, for, for the, the, the agencies, for the dairy industry, for the Grocery Manufacturers Association, for the Cattlemen's Association. They don't want you to be healthy. They want to sell their products, and they don't give a damn if you get sick or die as long as the money's coming in. Now, let's say you want to find a place that serves raw milk. Go to the raw milk website, and if you can't get raw, look for the USDA organic symbol and grass-fed. And if you don't have grass-fed, at least go for certified organic. And the best way to make sure that you're getting truly organic is to buy directly from local dairies, if they're still in existence. And if you can find one, get to know these guys in your area and ask them questions until you can find a dairy that you trust. And you can find local grass-fed dairies on the database of Eat Wild, but not all listed are organic. So personally, I don't eat dairy products. Why? Because I'm lactose intolerant. Okay, that's it. I, I, that, that, that's me, okay? But there was a, a, public, a, a letter, a, a paper published, written by some Harvard pediatrician that said, Humans have no nutritional requirement for animal milk. If you need to get absorbable calcium, you can get it from green, leafy greens, nuts, seeds, beans, and legumes. And the vitamin D that you get in milk is only there because it's fortified with it. So it's no different than taking a vitamin supplement and vitamin D is naturally prevalent in salmon, which is full of saturated fat, and egg yolks, which is loaded with excess protein, hemp seeds, and some mushrooms. But the best place to get vitamin D is from that shiny thing that's up in the sky during the day. It's also known as the sun, and that's the most and most efficient way for you to get vitamin D. So if you have family or friends that are still eating and buying conventional dairy products, talk to them. If we vote with our dollars and choose organic over conventional, we will have an everlasting impact on our health, our environment, and for our future children. And if we go organic as best we can, and no matter what it is, be it milk, be it food, be whatever, we will take the biotech industry and kick them so hard in the butt that the only thing they can do is pay off more politicians to ban anything that's organic. So I want to talk about, oh, you know, most people out there eating processed foods 
Personally, I have not eaten a processed food. I, I can't even count the years. But there are some real bad ones out there. And doctors have been telling us that clean eating is the right way to eat. Well, if you can find a doctor that knows anything about nutrition, you're very lucky. But that means that no processed foods should be eaten. Instead, you should eat whole foods, which are the real foods that you find. And they're usually on the perimeter of the store because the processed foods are the foods that are prevalent in the store. And there are any foods that have more than one ingredient and anything that has been processed or made in a factory. So the more a food is closer to nature, the healthier it is. I mean, maybe some processed foods that are still healthy, like frozen vegetables, but, you know, they may have added butter, which we now know is not the enemy we once thought it was, or almond or peanut butter, which are processed, but they're, you know, they're, they're healthier processed foods. You know, I mean, it, 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 you know, in most cases, though, the term processed means a food that has been chemically processed, and those foods are usually made from heavily refined ingredients with artificial additives. So, if you want to talk about some, they got these chicken nuggets out there, and they got these fake vegetarian chicken nuggets. And while they're a food that every kid seems to grow up on, you got to avoid them like the plague. Unless, of course, you're making them from scratch at home. You know, but in a restaurant or in the freezer section of the grocery store, the ones that you're going to find are made with large amounts of salt, preservatives, unhealthy fats, GMOs, and MSG. Then you got granola bars. And even though granola bars have been marketed as a healthy snack, they usually have large amounts of high fructose corn syrup, which is genetically modified to make them sweeter. And they're also loaded with salt and preservatives. So you've got to read ingredients. It's important. If you don't read a label, then whatever happens to you is your own fault. Then the favorite of America. French fries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We all grew up eating French fries, and many people just thrive on them. But the French fries contain a great deal of fat and salt and calories and no value. And then they, because they're heated to over 400 or 500 degrees to fry them, they contain acrylamides, which cause cancer. So you're not getting any nutritive value in French fries. But you can make baked French fries at home out of fresh potatoes. They're healthier. And if you make your own, let me me tell you how to make baked French fries, okay? Actually, I eat them all the time. They're my favorite. I take my potato, I take a sweet potato, and I cut it up so it looks like uh, a French fry stick. Then I take a little bit of coconut oil, and I put it on a glass Pyrex dish, just a little to coat the bottom. Then I rub the coconut oil in my hands, and I pick up the little sticks, and I rub them in my hands just to lightly coat them with 
coconut oil. Then I lay them out. Okay, now they're laid out. Now I add my favorite spices. I'm not going to tell you what I use because you've got your favorites. i got my favorites. So the last thing I put on them is nutritional yeast. And then I put it in the oven, and I don't bake it any higher than 275. Usually it's 250 or 260, and I put it in there maybe for an hour and a half. Yeah, they're, they're baked French fries. No, they're not done in five minutes. The longer the better. They don't form acrylamide. And then you take them out, and you put them in a bowl, and I add ketchup because I grew up that way, and they're to die for, man. And you don't get sick, and you don't get the fat, and you don't get the soil, and you don't get the cancer causing acrylamide, and life is good, baby, good. Okay, then you got store-bought baked goods. When you buy cookies or crackers or cakes or muffins, they're all processed food. It's a fact. And they tend to uh, be some of the health, biggest health offenders in stores because they have trans fats, which makes them taste better, and which is the most harmful for you that you can put in your body. And those processed breads or baked goods also have tons of sugar and salt. So what do I do? What if, what if I want to buy a bagel? What if I want to buy some bread to eat? I only buy, if I make my own pizza, I get the Alvarado pizza crust. It's made from sprouted grains. If I want to eat bread, I get the Ezekiel um, cinnamon raisin bread that I toast beyond belief. Or I get I get the uh, Alvarado onion poppy seed bagels because they're made from sprouted grains, and I toast them. And I usually put on coconut oil or a little bit of uh, unrefined organic co- uh, olive oil, and then add nutritional yeast, and I call it yeast toast. And I love it, but it's a taste thing, you know. Then the powdered drink mixes. Because the powder drink mix is, is basically 100% sugar, and they're full of preservatives and artificial flavors. And if you enjoy getting the plague, then you should eat, you know, powdered drink mixes. Okay, let's talk about margarine. Remember when butter used to be the bad guy and everybody switched over to margarine? Well, people were finding out that butter is a better alternative than they actually knew, and that margarine is really the bad guy because it's full of trans fats, free radicals, and preservatives, which are bad for the body. So instead of using margarine, instead of using butter, you can use coconut butter or coconut oil, which is way better. Uh, Then America's favorite, potato chips, Uh, again, loaded with bad fats, preservatives, calories, you, you need a crunchy snack, you know, try to, if you have to, get the baked chips or the chips that are made from beans instead of potatoes, and then dip them into the homemade hummus to add a healthier kick to it, you know. Okay, how do you make hummus? Well, you go out and buy some organic garbanzo beans, and you soak them overnight, maybe a cup, right? Soak them overnight. 
And then you go out and you buy, while, while they're soaking, you have time to get what you want. So you go out and buy a Meyer lemon if you can find it. But you definitely need a lemon. And you buy a couple of three red bell peppers and maybe an onion. And then the next day when, they're, when the, the, the garbanzumis have gotten bigger and the water is fermented, which is really good for you, uh, you put you cut up the red bell peppers, you slice up the onion, chop it up a little pieces, um, put in the Meyer lemon, put in your favorite spices if you like spices. Uh, I, I use a little bit of balsamic vinegar, and I put Cajun spice in because I like my stuff spicy, a little bit of cayenne, some garlic powder. Then I dump in the garbanzo beans. Now, they got to be blended up. A regular blender is not going to do it. So you either have to have a Vitamix or a Blendtec. I have a Blendtec. What I do is I, I add some. When this is all sitting in the blender, I add a little bit of um, medium. Well, I spice it up so it's, it's kind of hotter. Salsa. And I put that in. I usually have enough liquid so that when I press, my go button and I bring it up to 10. Uh, I don't have to add any of the water. If I do, I add a little bit of the water, stop the blender, add a little bit of the fermented water, mix it around so it all blends, and then blend it again. And then I take the hummus, put it in a uh, plastic container, stick it in the fridge, and it becomes a very integral part of my diet that when I make steamed vegetables and stuff like that, I add a little bit of the hummus, a little bit of salsa, mix it around, put in some nutritional yeast, and I'm good. Um, carbonated sodas. Oh, come on, man. You really just want to drink empty calories loaded with sugar? And diet sodas are even worse because it's all, it's, I mean, diet sodas? Made of fake sugar full of aspartame? Oh, you got to be kidding. That raises your blood sugar level. And then the high fructose corn syrup, the ge genetically modified in sodas, is worse for the body than sugar because it creates dangerous blood sugar spikes that damage your liver. Soda is one of the worst things you can do for your health, really, because the sugary syrup clings to the teeth and gives you tooth decay, cavities. Then the processed meats, the lunch meats and the hot dogs that are loaded with preservatives and artificial flavors and MSG and salt and fillers. Oh, man. That, you know. Then, of course, we got the breakfast cereal. Do you really want that much sugar in your diet? I mean, read the box. Look look for cereals that have low sugar and at least five grams of fiber. Or skip cereal altogether and opt for a healthier a healthier breakfast. I mean, what about a smoothie? Yeah, okay, so it's the middle of the winter and it's five degrees outside and it's minus twenty with the wind chill factor and the last thing you want to do is have a smoothie. But there's always a but. You're living in a house, you got a heater. It could be 75 degrees in your house. A smoothie is not going to kill you. 
And if worse comes to worse, just turn the heat up a little bit because smoothies are health are really, really healthy. You don't understand how good they are. And you take a smoothie and you add some. Uh, I found this product called Shakeology. And if you want to know more about Shakeology, send me an, an email to heshgoldstein at gmail.com, H-E-S-H-G-O-L-D-S-T-E-I-N at gmail.com. Shakeology is a superfood. It's got 42 superfoods in it. The flavor I like is the vegan chocolate. 42 superfoods go into my smoothie every day. It also helps to control your appetite. So let me give you a given day in my life. Okay, I'm in three softball leagues. I'm out the door at 8 o'clock in the morning. Before I leave at 8 o'clock in the morning, I take a smoothie. So I'm having my smoothie maybe between 7.30 and 8. I add in my packet of vegan chocolate, Shakeology, and I drink my smoothie. Then I go and I play nine innings. By the time we're done, the game doesn't start till about 9.30, but I go early so I can stretch and loosen up and all that stuff. Then we play from 9.30 to about 11.30, nine innings of softball. Then I run errands. Then I finally get home. After I check my mail in the P.O. box, I finally get home, and it's around 2 o'clock in the afternoon. All I had in all that time was a smoothie. And at 2 o'clock in the afternoon, I am just then starting to get hungry. So the Shakeology is dynamite. They make a vegan strawberry and they make a a, a vegan uh, chocolate. And if you don't want the vegan, they use whey protein. And since I don't trust their dairy because I don't know if it's organic or not, I go with vegan. And you can, like I said, you can find more about it at sending me an email at heshgoldstein at gmail.com. And then, of course, last but not least, is microwave popcorn. (laughs) If popcorn is air pop or pop on the stove using coconut oil, it is not bad. But microwave popcorn? Forget about it. It's one of the unhealthiest foods that you can purchase. And those bags of popcorn contain genetically modified kernels as well as preservatives, fake butter, and lots of salt. And finally, microwave popcorn contains the additive diacetyl, which has been proven to destroy the lungs. So I, I have a, a stepson that eats this uh, garden, uh, mandarin orange, crispy chicken, meat-free. It's, it's like a vegetarian chicken thing. So I tell him how bad it is. He doesn't care. Who cares? He doesn't want to deal with it. That's his business. So here's the ingredients. Besides that, I'll, I'll give you the bad one. Soy protein isolate. That's a combination of GMOs and MSG. Canola oil. That's genetically modified. Yeast extract. That's MSG. Modified cornstarch. That's GMO and MSG. 
Um, sodium soy sauce. Hello, GMO. Soybeans. Hello, GMO. Um, modified food starch. That's MSG. Corn starch. That's GMO. Canola oil. GMO. Spices. Spices? What the hell is the spices? It says spices, not genetically modified soybeans, wheat, or canola oil. Oh, so the spices don't have that, but the rest of the crap has it. This you got to read labels, man. I, I mean, I don't make this stuff up. This is not stuff that I make up. This is stuff that I research because research is important. And while we're talking about the foods that you eat, would you like to know about 12 foods that have been banned in other countries because they are the worst of the worst? Have you ever heard of pink slime? Well, pink slime was a name that was used for processed low-grade beef trimmings and meat byproducts. So remember we talked about that earlier, the stuff on the slaughterhouse floors? Well, they use ammonium hydroxide in their processing, which is banned in so many other countries outside the U.S. And the pink slime is added to processed meats. So the product can contain up to 15% without any additional labeling. Just so you'd like to know that. Then farm-raised salmon, farm-raised salmon, okay. First of all, anything that of face in a mother, including fish, is very high in saturated fat, which clogs your arteries because there's no fiber, which causes everything from a stroke all the way down to gout, okay? That's covering the whole body. You, of course, you can have clogged arteries that go to your brain, that's the stroke. Clogged arteries that go to your heart, that's a heart attack. Closed arteries that go below the belt. Oh, then you have to use Viagra. But you got to be careful what they don't tell you. They say in their commercial, if you experience an erection for more than seven weeks, please contact your doctor. What they don't say is, and whatever you do, do not go on a crowded bus or a crowded subway. Oh, my God, you'll be arrested in a heartbeat. Okay, so farm-fed salmon, farm-raised salmon, they are fed an unnatural diet of genetically modified grains and dangerous chemicals like synthetic astaxanthin, which is derived from petrochemicals, and antibiotics. And what that does is it causes their flesh to become grayish instead of pinkish, like the wild salmon. So avoid all Atlantic salmon because they're mostly coming from farms. If you have to eat it, get the Alaskan or the sockeye because they're not, they're, they're not allowed to be farmed. But this is what's happening. This is when, 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 a, when any kind of a body dies, starts to turn gray, be it a fish, be it a human, be it a cow, be it a dog, be it a parakeet, whatever. 
it starts turning gray and starts to stink. Do you ever wonder why when you walk into the supermarket and you go to the meat in the meat section, everything is pink and rosy and red and beautiful and nice, and you're not bowled over by any stench? Do you know why that is? Because the chemicals keep it that way for up to a year. That's the truth. You want to eat that? Eh, man, that's your business. Then, hormone-infused beef and dairy. We talked about dairy, but many of the American cows are fed the synthetic hormones to create production. And those hormones, the RBGH and the RBSD, end up in the flesh and the dairy products that you eat. I don't eat it. You do. And the non-organic meat or dairy has been linked to breast, colon, and prostate cancer. Banned in Australia, banned in New Zealand, banned in Israel, banned in the European Union, banned in Canada, and banned in a lot of countries that has brains. Number four, genetically modified papaya. Most of the papayas that people eat are genetically engineered to be resistant to the ring spot virus. And studies show that animals, animals that are fed GMOs, like corn and soy, have an increased risk of organ damage, tumors, birth defects, premature death, and sterility. Unfortunately, he says with a straight face, Hawaii is the leading place for papayas, and they are so good. But guess what? They're all basically genetically modified. Even the ones that are organic are genetically modified. Oh, my God, how is that possible, you ask? You ever hear the wind? And this is the problem. They spray the fields. They don't go around by hand and dump their, their crappy pesticides on, on the glyphosate on the crop. They have a plane that flies over their field and they spray it. Guess what the wind does? You got an organic farm next to you? The guy's screwed, blued, and tattooed. Seriously. His whole farm is inundated with, with glyphosate that he never laid that he planted organic to begin with, and now it's all genetically modified. And yet Monsanto says, hey, you don't like us? We'll just pay you money. Then you can approve us. We're good. And all the people in the FDA, all former Monsanto employees, all the people in the USDA, all former Monsanto employees, Tom Vilsack, the Secretary of the Agriculture, the U.S. government, oh, he's a biotech industry conspirator. And when you look in the Supreme Court, Clarence Thomas, Elena Kagan, former attorneys for Monsanto, and the next president of the United States, Hillary Clinton, she also worked for one of Monsanto's law firms. Folks, we are screwed, blued, and tattooed. Then, bread with potassium bromate. Commercial baking companies enrich their flour with potassium bromate to reduce the baking time and make the dough more elastic. So what, what's so bad, you know? What causes kidney and nerve damage, thyroid problems, digestive disorders, and cancer? And it's been banned in Canada, China, and the European Union. Then you have ractopamine painted meat. What the hell is ractopamine? It's a growth stimulator that's used in the United States to increase the weight of pigs, cattle, and turkeys. It's been linked to cardiovascular issues, 
birth defects and hyperactivity and banned in 160 countries across Europe, Russia, China, and Taiwan. And then we have the arsenic-laced chicken. Oh, my God, what's wrong with eating arsenic? How bad can arsenic be for our health? My God, why would they use arsenic? Why? To make the chicken grow faster. Arsenic, to make them grow faster? It makes your meat pinker, which gives it a fresher look. And guess what? For inorganic arsenic, known as a carcinogen, organic arsenic, enough to kill you. Then the drinks with the brominated vegetable oil, the BVOs, like Mountain Dew and the other citrus-flavored sport drinks that are emulsified with brominated vegetable oil. The main compound is bromine, which is basically used as a flame retardant. And too much bromine can tend to lead to iodine deficiency, skin rashes, acne, fatigue, and cardiovascular problems. Oh, give me more of that stuff, baby. Give me more. Then you've got the butylated, oh, my God, hydrozanosol, which is BHA. I can't pronounce them. BHA and BHT, which use a preservative in cereals, nut mixes, meat, beer, butter, and gum. And it links to allergies and cancer. Then the bleach flour, we know how bad bleach flour is with the azidocarbamide used by the U.S. food companies to bleach their flour quicker. It's also used in shoe soles and is linked to asthma and cancer. Then, of course, the processed foods with the artificial food colors. I mean, give me a break, please. Some of the food colorings, the additives, the colors, the preservatives, that are used in the United States are banned in other countries because they're made from coal tar and petroleum. And that includes your red 40 and your yellow 5 and your blue 6 and your black and blue and your, I mean, it causes hyperactivity, brain damage, nerve damage, birth defects, allergies, and cancer. And then last but not least is Olestra or Oleas, which is a substitute for fat and fat-free products. It depletes the essential vitamins and can cause anal leakages. What is an anal leakage? An anal leakage is when stuff drips out of your butt and you can't control it. Can you imagine? Can you imagine the horror that you're sitting in class or you're sitting at work and all of a sudden you're swimming on your chair? God, you've got to be kidding. This is why it's important to read labels and eliminate all processed foods out of your diet and avoid those harmful chemicals. Just turn to a healthy, fresh, whole food diet, please. And what is a healthy, whole food diet? Fresh fruits, fresh vegetables, whole grains, nuts and seeds, beans and legumes. That's it. Organic, you're not getting crap. Non-organic, who knows what you're getting. Stuff in a can, forget it. Aluminum cans, you really want to eat aluminum, that's your business. Go brain dead. 
I mean, chances are you're partially brain dead now, so what's a little more? It's not going to hurt. If you cook from scratch, it's easier. You cook from scratch, you become healthier. It's not, it's, it's, it's like, what is going on? Why in the world, why in the world would I want to, okay, what is the one thing that the government hopes that you never have a chance to benefit from? Because if you benefit from it, the chances of their running out of it are very likely. That would be Social Security payments. Why do you think so many people are dying before they reach the age of 66 or 67 or whatever, 65 or whatever it is? Because they want to... See, the government has already stolen enormous amounts of funds from Social Security to finance projects from whatever. Here you are, you work all your life, you want to finally retire if you can, you want to be able to collect Social Security, but then you find out that they're having trouble paying you because there's not a lot of money in Social Security, and then you find out that the government took the money from Social Security that they shouldn't have done to pay certain projects, and then you have to collect Social Security, and if you have other income, can you believe that you have to list the amount of Social Security that you are receiving, and if it doesn't qualify, you have to pay tax on the tax that you already paid in, which goes to your Social Security. Do you see how criminal this is? Do you see why you have to take responsibility for you? I say screw the government. I say if you change your diet and you go as organic as you possibly can, and you are healthy, and you can live to be 80 or 90 or 100 years old, you are screwing the government because they are going to have to pay you the Social Security that they don't want to pay. It's up to you. You want to die early, eat the shit that you've been eating. I don't care. I'm just pointing it out. I'm just giving you information. What you do with it. It's like my book. I wrote a book called A Sane Diet for an Insane World. It explains everything, why you should stay away from the standard American diet. All the news shows in Hawaii will not have me as a guest because the book goes against your advertising dollars. So all I can do is lead you to the water hole. You've got to drink the water. I ain't the guy to do that. I'm already drinking the water, and it benefits me. I'm... I'm um, Frank just told me that it says that it's my birthday today. It's not my birthday today. My birthday's in March, and I'm going to be 76, and I'm athletic, and I have no illnesses, and I don't take any meds, and I ain't nobody special. And if I can do it, you can do it. So you got to make a decision. Someone's got to make a decision. I can't make it for you. You have to do it. So what do I what do I do in addition to my, my clean diet? Organic sulfur crystals. First and foremost, never will I stop. I don't have asthma. My asthma's been gone for eight years. I, I've had it all my life since I was vaccinated. It disappeared in three days from the organic sulfur crystals. 
gone in a heartbeat. Next thing I take is this bee pollen that is so amazingly soft and fresh. It is a mind blower. It's rich in all the B vitamins. It's rich in antioxidants. It's rich in probiotics. It's rich in enzymes. It acts as a natural appetite suppressant, and the stuff melts in your mouth. I also take the organic vegan Shakeology, 42 superfoods. Why do I want superfoods? Why do I want to build and strengthen my immune system? Why would I want to get the flu? If you have a healthy immune system, you don't get sick. Then you take care of yourself. And you don't have to get these synthetic chemicals injected into your bloodstream year after year after year, which is specifically designed to make you sicker and kill you faster so you don't have to collect Social Security. And then I found out about zeal, which is another superfood, which I take on a daily basis as well, and that's got 30 superfoods in it. So I am getting an enormous amount of superfoods in my system to help strengthen and build my immune system. Is it something that happens overnight? No, 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 no. <laughs> I wish. You spend your whole life, and you've got all kinds of problems in your body, and you expect that it's going to reverse in 24 hours. You took your whole life to get to the screwed up place that you're in. Give it a little bit of time and have some faith. First of all, you got to change your diet. Second of all, you got to add stuff to your diet to help build your immune system. And if you want to find out more, you go to www.health.com. Click on products. Or you go to eshgoldstein at gmail.com and you say, send me the articles so I can read about them. All I can do, the only thing I can do is give you information. I can't do any more than that. Because I can't, it, it's the way it is. You have to take responsibility for you. Do you like being sick? Do you like having headaches? Do you like having arthritis? Do you like having diabetes? Do you like diabetes? Diabetes, by the way, disappears in three weeks. If you get off of fresh food and go to a plant-based diet, why don't they tell you that? Why don't the doctors tell you that? Number one, they don't know, and they don't know because the curriculum and medical school is paid for by the pharmaceutical. You really like getting screwed by them? That's your business. But I only got a couple more minutes to go. So I'm going to let Georgie Poo do his thing and sing about My Sweet Lord, which is my favorite song of all time. And uh, if you guys have a mind to, go to www.kwai1080am.com on Saturday morning. And you can listen to the show in Hawaii. And if you don't do that, don't worry. Because Frank is picking it up. Pretty not in place straight to the wrong place. So that's me, Nikki. Until next Thursday, mahalo and aloha.
denied Internet access for their people during civil strife. The FCC sees in use commercial shortwave frequencies right after the September 11th attacks. No one communication system can be dependent on to be there when you need information. You need choices. You need a KU band free to air satellite system from AVR. The AVR system includes a receiver, an LNB, all you need to get on your own is the coaxial cable. The system is delivered to your door for $149.99. That's right, delivered for $149.99. That's the shipping and the system, $149.99. Call 541-225-4659. That's 541-225-4659. Or visit AmericanVoiceRadio.com and click Satellite System. Prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, Zimbabwe, all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971, when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. not my intent 
on tonight's program. This program is intended for men and women, made in God's image. So what did you say, Frank? What were you trying to add? Oh, you might want to tell people it's Tuesday. Tuesday? It is. Is it Tuesday? It really is. Hmm. Not on the other side of the international dateline. Ah, but neither one of us is on the other side of the dateline. Yeah, but some of our listeners might be. Okay. Ha, ha. Mm-hmm. Well, in any case, says Frank Stephan, and what we're going to talk about tonight, <clears throat> we're going to talk about uh, gun laws. Um, as found in the federal code, that will be our principal subject. We've got some other things to talk about if we get, get into this and we run out of gas. We've got some other topics that we can get into. But we're going to start with this, and these are federal gun control laws that are found in Title 26 of the United States Code. We're going to look at Section 5844, which involves importation. We're going to look at Section 5845, which involves definitions, which are always close to my heart. And we're going to look at 5846. You know, again, I, go ahead. I'm just looking at this, and I'm, and I, and I realize you have a, a comment to this, but I started reading this, and I looked up, and I'm like, oh, where's this from? And I'm like. Title 26. Yeah. What? That, exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's one of the first things. Title 26 is in the Eternal Revenue Code. We're going to find definitions of weapons, or at least to deal with the concept of weapons and firearms in particular, in uh, in Section 5845. And we can reasonably wonder, what are they doing in Title 26? Doesn't Title 27 deal with alcohol, tobacco, and firearms? Why do we have definitions in Title 26 that deals with the Internal Revenue Code for firearms? Now, I don't know what the laws are that are packed away in Title 27 for alcohol, tobacco, and firearms. I haven't looked. Don't know. Maybe that those laws are more important than what we're seeing here in Title 26, but Still, this is strange and surprising to me, at least. And, uh, you know, so we'll go through this. The first section, we're going to deal with three consecutive sections, 26 U.S.C., 26 United States Code, 5844, 5845, and 5846. And the first one, 5844, is importation. And it says, no firearm shall be imported or brought into the United States or any other territory under its control or jurisdiction unless the importer establishes under regulations which may be prescribed by the secretary that the firearm to be imported is brought in. And now they have some sections. All right, we're dealing with, first thing we'll want to get into, we, we'll, we'll get in, there will be more here in a moment. The first thing, no firearm. And if you stay tuned, when we get into the next section and we deal with definitions, I, I almost can't believe my eyes. I wonder if I'm losing my marbles or something, and it may be. Maybe I am. Frank will be happy to point that out. I, I'm watching for just that. <laughs> yeah, well, this you may see it. 
<laughs> Me too. I'm you know, you get older you gotta start watching for these things. You never know. But the definition of firearm now we're gonna get into this. I may be mistaken about this, but in the next section it appears to me that the definitions of firearms and they give eight specific kinds of weapons, we'll say. That, that fall under the category of firearms, but every one of those definitions involves something that's illegal. And I am beginning to suspect that I've either lost my marbles, which is perhaps the most probable explanation here, or it may be that if you have a firearm, if you're willing to accept that you have a pistol, a rifle, a shotgun, and somebody says, well, is that your firearm? And you say, yeah, that's my firearm. Guess what? You may have just admitted that you have a, a, a device that is illegal. We'll get into this in a moment, but they're talking about the definition of firearms. And one other thing I want to mention, just in case you didn't pick up on this, the document we're reading from, you can download from my blog at adask.wordpress.com. That's A-D-A-S-K dot wordpress.com. And for tonight's entry, it says Tuesday night radio and gun control and blah, or gun, gun laws, whatever it says at the top. But you'll see it. It's the top entry at the blog. If you go to the blog, see the entry down at the bottom. It says here's the document we're going to be reading from. So if you wanted to make a fast trip to the blog and download this document, you're going to be able to follow along with what we're reading tonight. And I know how hard this is. It's always difficult when someone tries to read law over the radio. I mean, I might as well be trying to speak in another in another language, you know, speaking in tongues or something like that in order to read the law to well, people. I think in the first in the very first line, and I know you emphasize it, but you didn't mention any further than that, that it says, and you did in the document, it's yeah. jurist, control or jurisdiction. And that's singular, that's not plural, it's not there, as in United States, as it's stated in other parts of the Constitution, yep. when they refer to there. You know, so it's not, and the, the thing to remember is it's not an error, they didn't just, oh, they always say that, and that's how it's always been, because they don't always say that. Sometimes they do say their jurisdiction. Yeah. When they well, say the United States. United, refer to the several United States, and when they're talking about the United States plural, in my opinion, we are talking about the states. We are also talking about the states of the Union. Right. All right? That's the way I read it and understand it. But when they refer to its control or jurisdiction, and that its references back to the United States, it is singular. And that means they are, this section applies within the singular United States. It does not apply within the several United States. This is consistent with a theory we advocate on the program, that we've got two different venues out there. One is within the singular United States or this state, and another one is within the several United States or the United States of America, the state of the Union, like the state of the, the states of the Union, including the state of Texas, the state of Oregon, and so on. 
This is consistent with that. It didn't prove it, but this is consistent with that with that idea. So you can find, you can learn things here. You look at this thing. Well, doubt will go away. Uh, so it does uh, brought into the United States or any territory under its jurisdiction, control or jurisdiction. Uh, implication is. Again, this is consistent with the ideas that the government is running two separate venues. And many of the laws that we find oppressive are based on the presumption that you, right now, ladies and gentlemen, are living and acting within a territory or administrative district of the United States, but not within a state of the Union. As I read this, I could be wrong, but as I read this, these gun control laws apply well, they don't apply within the states of the Union. So if you can control your venue and say, no, I'm not in this state, as nutty as that sounds. I'm not within a state of uh, the United States. I'm within a state of the Union. I'm within the United States of America. Therefore, this law does not apply to me. Oh, and at the very least, it, it, you know, it justifies a question to that. Yeah. Now, maybe you don't want to say, I'm not this and I'm not that. You might be saying, well, what do you mean by that? Yeah, where are we talking about? What venue are you talking about? Where do you think we are? Yeah, what do you mean? It depends. What do you mean? <laughs> you understand that I'm within the state. Do you understand that I'm within the state of Texas? Officer, do you understand sure, that? Yeah. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> There's a good chance. You can say, yeah, of course I know you're within the border. He may just say that. That's fine with me. I can work with that. It doesn't mean I'm not going to be arrested right there on the spot. But if I can get the officer to agree that I'm within the state of Texas, I think I've made some yardage. I may not have made a touchdown, but I think I've made some yardage. I think i got a first down going for me, you know. Oh, well, you know, he has some explaining to do after that. I mean, you know, because now he's made a statement, you know, uh, and that's, you know, people go, well, you know, there you are playing word games again, but mm-hmm. that is the game. That is the game. You know, so no, we are not. if you we don't want to play, then, uh, you know, hope you like orange. Yeah. <laughs> hope you like orange. Yeah, your new jumpsuit's color. Oh, oh <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, that orange. All right, I get you. Yeah. Well, in any case, no, no firearm shall be imported into the United States or any territory under its jurisdiction or control unless the importer establishes. They've got to establish there's three things they've got to establish. All right, that they and if you get if you establish any one of these three things, then you can import the firearm into the singular United States. The first one is being imported or brought into for use of the United States or any department, independent establishment, or agency thereof, or any state possession, or any political subdivision thereof. Well, it appears to me that they're saying, okay, you can import that Sig Sauer. You can import that Glock in here if it's for the use of the government. Yeah, that's no problem. Um, any state or possession, for if it's for the federal government, for it's the state government, you're good to go. Now, if firearms can only be imported into the singular United States for the use of government, 
This would imply that the term firearms is somehow associated with government and or the United States, but not associated with the states of the Union and or the United States of America. If you had a pistol that you that you you define as a firearm, somebody says, is that your firearms? Yeah, that's my firearm. I paid for that. I bought that firearm. <laughs> well, guess what? <laughs> uh, if, if once you define, you accept that definition that your pistol uh, is a firearm, that pistol would be intended only for use by some government or governmental employees. And two, would probably, if it's imported, an imported pistol. We're not talking about one made domestically. We're talking about one imported. Um, if if you had a pistol that you defined as a firearm, again, intended to use for the government, government employees, two would probably be evidence that you're acting in a venue of this state and or the United States. That's another point. Is that your firearm? Yeah, that's my firearm. Oh, then where are you using it? You must be within the singular United States. You understand that? I doubt like there are. And it seems like it has to be for government purpose also. Yeah, maybe so. But I doubt if, as I read this definition, it becomes prima facie evidence. Judge, he said he had a firearm. Well, that means he's within the singular United States. And he's subject to a whole bunch of laws, regulations, and, and, and liabilities that may not exist within the states of the Union. All right? And then we get to the uh, third point here, if you're using a firearm, and it would therefore be your, your, your pistol, if it's a firearm, would therefore be subject to administrative hearings and government regulations concerning its use. On the other hand, if your pistol was defined as something other than a firearm, perhaps as an arm of the sort seen in, uh, in the Second Amendment, the Second Amendment doesn't say anything about firearms. It says, a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state. Where are the free states, Frank? Well, the several states. Yeah, the states of the Union. A well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, that is to say, necessary to the security, in my case, of the state of Texas, the right of the people, not the citizens, not the persons, not the inhabitants, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Keep and bear arms. Arms. Doesn't say anything about firearms. Word firearms doesn't appear in our Constitution. The Constitution is designed to protect the people from of the states of the Union from the federal government. These people are defining your pistol as a firearm. And most of us are going along with it. Huh? And if we do, this word game is what's going to ensnare you and maybe get you thrown in the slammer. Well, and, you know, uh, while the Second Amendment says arms, not firearms or, mm-hmm. or anything else, uh, Section 27 of the Oregon Constitution is very, well, not similar so much, but uh, it's actually better. It says the people shall have the right to bear arms for the defense of themselves and the state, but the military shall be kept in strict subordination to the civil power. And it says arms also, so not Firearms. Yeah. Yeah, they're defining firearms to be something that is hazardous to your health and not because you shoot it or someone might shoot you. It's hazardous to your health because if you've got firearms, the implication 
I'm not telling you God's truth here. I'm reading this as best I can. The implication is that you are in this state. You are in the singular United States, and you are subject to federal regulations as a subject rather than a sovereign man or woman. It's not a good situation. I'm, we're trying to alert you to the idea that the word of firearms, okay, all by itself, may be very hazardous to your health. We'll get back to this in a moment when we return from some commercial announcements. I'm Alfred Adams here with Frank Stephan, and we will return. Please stay tuned. condition and emergency rooms and medical doctors are not an option, you need our emergency heart attack kit. Five concentrated liquid formulas enter the system in 60 seconds to protect your heart muscle, strengthen heartbeat, increase circulation, relieve pain, and make breathing easier. When seconds count, you want all the help you can get with our emergency heart attack kit. Easy to use and portable in a one-pound compact kit for your purse, briefcase, or car. Call Apothecary Herbs now for your emergency heart attack kit, toll-free, 866-229-3663. That's 866-229-3663. International callers dial 704-875-8010 or order online at the 3 wsthepowerherbscom Prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, Zimbabwe, all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971 when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. American Voice Radio Network is heard on Galaxy 19, 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. I'm Alfred Adams here with Frank Stefan on the American Independence Hour, and we are discussing laws found in Title 26, which is the income tax 
code, the Internal Revenue Code, all right, or at least also the Internal Revenue Code, in my opinion. I think they're two separate documents, although they're identical. Their text is identical. Their authorities are different. But nevertheless, Title 26, definitions that deal with firearms. And among other things, one of the things I'm observing, and we'll see, maybe I'm wrong about this, but it does appear that the word firearm is defined to mean something that is illegal. Huh? And if you have a firearm, you are by definition using something that's illegal. And how do you get around having something that's illegal, Frank? Uh, get out of the jurisdiction where it's illegal? Well, that's one way, but maybe just by a question of, of definitions, um, you get a license, though. Well, What's yeah. the purpose of a license? Well, to give permission to something that would otherwise be illegal. That's right. And what you can get, for example, if you wanted to sell firearms, right? you can apply to become an FFL. You can apply for an FFL license, which means federal firearms license. Mm-hmm. Huh? And, and you know what else? I mean, now, you know, this is starting to make a little sense to me here. I knew what would happen. I, I really thought sooner or later we'd get the program, and now we start to make a little sense. Yeah, because now I know, you know, people just assume, okay, you, you can't have a machine gun, yeah. you know, but you can. You well, can they, have a machine gun if you go buy the $200 tax stamp, and it's exactly. a tax stamp. And yep. here we are in Title 26. Yeah, yeah. See, it's starting to make sense to me here now why it's in Title 26. And that tax stamp, it's a tax, and that's probably the fundamental point here. But it may be that once the tax is paid, that the tax, paying the tax constitutes a license to have that otherwise illegal weapon. Yeah, the, they can't call it a fee. Because you have a right to bear arms. Mm-hmm. And a right cannot be, you can't charge a fee for a right. Well, but we're not talking about bearing arms. We're talking about bearing firearms. Well, they might be because basically when you pay that tax, now you bought yourself a license. But you I don't think... buy things by paying taxes. You pay fees to buy things. Mm-hmm. But here you are paying a tax, and now all of a sudden you have a license to have a machine gun? Yeah. Wait a minute. That seems a bit odd. Well, it is odd, and you start reading this, it's kind of surprising. You get into this, and it's like, holy mackerel. I mean, this is a little bit mind-boggling. When we when we broke for commercial, we had started, we were dealing with 26 U.S.C., Title 26 of the United States Code, Section 5844. And I want to remind you again, If you're listening to this program right now and you haven't already downloaded a copy of the document that I'm reading from right now, which includes both statements of both the text of the law plus comments that I've made in writing at least, not the same thing I'm speaking right now and the rest of that sort of thing, but the comments I've made in writing when I read through this thing, you can download this from my blog at... Adask, A-D-A-S-K, dot wordpress, dot com. 
You can read along with us and follow along and see if you agree, disagree. Does this make sense or is it, are we missing something here? Um, but you can download this, and that means also, <clears throat> if you happen to listen to this program, we're broadcasting live right now, of course. But let's suppose the program will be available for a week on, on American Voice Radio's website. And you'll be able to download the program, and maybe you're going to read it on Thursday or Friday or Saturday. And you're going to read it and say, which one? By then we'll have new articles up on my blog. You'll be looking for the Tuesday night radio program that was broadcast on the 20th day of January in 2015. And that's where you'll find this article if you're looking for it. Right? If you're listening to a rerun of the program later on, you're still going to look back for the Tuesday night radio program on my blog that was broadcast on the 20th of January. So where we were before we broke, we were talking about 26 U.S.C., Section 5844, which deals with importation. And they pointed out that the first, you can import these territories, you can, you can import firearms into the United States, singular United States, if it's imported for the use of the United States or any department, independent establishment, agency thereof, or any state, state or possession, or any political subdivision thereof. All right? In other words, if the gun's coming in, if you get a Sig Sauer, you're getting a Glock, whatever, if it's coming in, it's fine. Bring them in. Bring them in by the trunk load as long as they're there for use by the government. That's the first. That's the first qualification for lawful importation of firearms. And the second one is being imported or brought in for scientific or research purposes. Huh? You do any research on firearms, Frank? Not so much. No, I, I somehow haven't done that for quite a while either. I haven't done a. All right, but that's our second purpose. That doesn't apply to you or me. The first one doesn't apply to you or me. We're not in the government. <laughs> and the third one says being imported or brought in solely for testing or use as a model by a registered manufacturer or solely for use as a sample by a registered importer, registered dealer. Not me either. That's not me either. Huh? And that's it. There is no proviso. And there's none I can read. I'm not able to read it. If it's there, I don't see it. 26 U.S.C. Section 5844, importation does not include a proviso for importing pistols made in foreign countries or revolvers or whatever, bringing them in rifles. No proviso to bring them in to be sold to the general public, which implies maybe it's illegal to bring in those Glocks. Maybe it's illegal to bring in a Sig Sauer. And you must have a license, therefore, to do that which is otherwise illegal. You know, there's... Or, seeing as how this is Title 26, and we've discussed this before on this program about their notice of levy, about how they leave out Section A, that could mean this only applies to government employees of one sort or another. Mm -hmm. Could it be that uh, Title 26 is really being just 
misapplied wholesale, and it really, when it comes to weapons or levies or anything else, only applies to government employees of one sort or another, or government licensees like importers or exporters. Because really, import, it, it, you know, regulating imports and exports is a legitimate function of the federal government. You know, that was one of the reasons they were created. Yeah, but there's a point on that also. When you look up, now I can't remember right off the top of my head where the section is in the in the in the Constitution that deals with with imports uh, and, and so on, but it well that deals with commerce. And what they say, they, the word interstate does not appear there. We're talking, oh, interstate commerce, interstate commerce, you know, big deal. But it doesn't say interstate in the Constitution. It says commerce among the several states. Right, right, right. Right? Interstate, I believe, applies commerce among the several states as between the states of the Union within the United States of America. Interstate commerce, I strongly suspect, only takes place in the singular United States. Interstate is territorial. Among the several states is, I would say, constitutional, de jure, but they get away with interstate under Article 4, Section 3, Clause 2, which gives, in my opinion, which gives Congress exclusive legislative control over whatever's going on in the territories. If they can presume you're in a territory, you're their subject. They own you. If you can establish that you are within a state of the Union, I think there's another situation going on here. Not easily done. Not everyone who tries will succeed, but I think some will. Huh? Sounds like we've, we've got a caller. What a creep. A caller? Uh-huh. That's what it sounded like, anyway. Doesn't he understand what kind of trouble you can get into calling in on this program? It was that ringing that tipped me off. Maybe, uh, all right, I think I heard it, too, so it must be real. Okay. This must be real ringing, not, not the Boy. usual imaginary ringing that we run into. All right, let's hear what he's got to say. Go ahead, caller. Hey, what's going on, guys? It's a great show tonight. Uh, this is Russ from Texas. Oh, Russ. And uh, I think you guys are doing you guys are doing a great job on a very difficult uh, subject. Yeah. Thank you, thank you. Appreciate it. It's it's hard to clarify. It's part of the reason why I posted the text where people can read along with it because I know how hard this is to understand just listening to somebody talk about it. But it's good to hear yeah, that. I downloaded it. I, I downloaded it and it's very useful. I've already yeah. saved it and yeah. uh, I'm going to add on to it. Uh, one of the comments that I had, uh, having researched this topic for about a uh, year and a half to two years, uh, I got started when Rod Class was arrested in, in the District of Columbia, and of course he's from North Carolina, and he has a, a concealed carry license, and he had a pistol and a rifle in his truck, in his Jeep, when he was in D.C. Uh, doing some research in a court case. And when he came out, he was surrounded by... Uh, you know, uh, well, an officer gave him a, a ticket for parking illegally or some kind of a parking thing, and uh, he opened his door and was communicating with the D.C. you know police officer, and he said, "What is that in your car? Is that a firearm?" And uh, you know, Rod knows the law, so he said, "No, it's not a firearm. It's a pistol." 
and I've got a lot. And, 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 you know, the police officer, you know, didn't know what he was talking about, but he uh, called for backup, and they had, like, five different police officers there. And uh, basically, he was arrested and got in a big lawsuit. And so if you go to his uh, talk shoe call, uh, which I can give you the number later, he's got a lot of his uh, uh, audios and a lot of the things going on in that court case. And, uh, but, you know, the thing I wanted to bring up that I learned about this when I researched it, you were asking why it's in Title 26. Yep. And the reason being is it comes from the 1934 National Firearms Act. And uh, if you recognize the time period, that was during the alcohol prohibition. And uh, that was during the time period of Al Capone and all the gangsters uh, and the gang activity and bootlegging and selling alcohol and things of that nature, and got in gang wars. And what they were using was sawed-off rifles and sawed-off shotguns and Tommy guns and silencers. And uh, it was a bloodbath. And if you remember, the reason, uh, you know, uh, they, they caught Al Capone was not because, uh, you know, they caught him for firearms. It was because they caught him for evading taxes. And so basically what they did is, you know, they, they, they were limited in what they could do in the Constitution, so they created a new class of arm called a firearm, and all it is is, is, is a modified rifle and a modified shotgun where you saw it off to do more damage and kill more people at one time, or you use a silencer, and, and all these things could be hidden underneath your trench coat because yep. all those thugs wore trench coats, and they would stick them into buildings where people were and do a lot of damage. And so Congress came up with the 1934 National Firearms Act. And uh, if I can read the, 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 the beginning of it, it says to provide for the taxation of manufacturers, importers, and dealers in certain firearms and machine guns to tax the sale or other disposal of such weapons and to restrict importation and regulate interstate transportation. Okay? So it has nothing to do with people... Or, the, or, the, or really, you know, any of that you know, normal use, it was strictly to tax uh, modified firearms that were being used during that time period. Well, I get what you're saying. I know that I've I'd heard previously that Al Capone was ultimately arrested and convicted based on tax evasion, but I had never, and I'm not sure that you said this, but I'd never before heard that maybe that tax evasion was only based on his use of firearms. I assume the tax well, evasion had to do with however much money evasion. made bootlegging. Yeah, they, they, they got him for running books and, and not reporting taxes, but the intent was to get those firearms kind of under control. Yeah. And so if they, if they caught you uh, inside of a car with four thugs and you had these thought-off weapons and silencers, they had a reason to arrest you because you yeah. didn't have the tax stamp. Well, they had a pretext to arrest you, and which is which is what happens. It's like the Patriot Act. It created a pretext. It's oh my gosh, somebody. It must have been the Muslims. Those dirty Muslims. They must have knocked those buildings down, the World Trade Center, and also hit the Pentagon. So we have to do something to stop these terrorists. We have to overreact. This Boy. is a pretext, and they're Never really dangerous. Yeah, yeah, really yeah. dangerous. They even made that one building fall down without ever even touching it. 
that goes the same kind of magic that that we see in the flying carpets. <laughs> see, they see that, and that's most, from the Middle East. Have, there you go. Yeah, probably responsible for UFOs. Also, we see UFOs. We think they're from no, flying carpets. These are the Muslims again. They're doing that. You know, half the country believes that the 9/11 attacks were actually precipitated and caused by elements of our own federal government, or at least national government. All right? Uh, who did it? I don't know. It wasn't there. It wasn't me. I didn't have anything to do with it. I, you know, I can't tell you for a fact who's responsible, but there's a good chance that our government was complicit, and maybe our government was the only real party involved, and the Muslims just took the heat. Hard to say, but they created a pretext Alright. We are I hear the music playing, which means Frank has decided it's time for more commercials. Ross, I want to thank you for your phone call. If you're still on the air, we are gonna move on to some commercials and and Frank and I will be back in a moment. Please stay tuned. soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. Since the beginning of the United States, kings have sought it, nations have fought for it. It has been traded, borrowed, purchased, and stolen. There is a reason for it. To secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, invest with the security of gold and silver. Call Discount Gold and Silver Trading at 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Listen to Financial Survival with your host, Melody Cedarstrom, on American Voice Radio Network and Shortwave Radio. Visit DiscountGoldAndSilverTrading.net or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. For the very best in gold and silver trading, call toll-free 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Call now. I'm Alfred Adams here with Frank Stefan on the American Independence Hour. We're talking about three sections of Title 26, which is the Internal Revenue Code, that deal directly or indirectly with 
firearms. And the first one we've completed reading was Title 26, Section 5844, which dealt with importation. And they gave us three reasons why you can import firearms into the singular United States, and none of them included use of the, you know, the ordinary man or woman. And no proviso for importing Glocks, at least there in that section. There's no obvious proviso for bringing Glocks in from Germany and Sig Sauer from, I assume, Germany and, uh, I don't know, whatever, foreign. Can't bring it in here. There's no proviso for private people, for you and me, right? which is just strange. We're going to move on now to Title 26, Section 5845, which is definitions. And this is the section that I always, you know, I have learned over time. I've said it repeatedly. Definitions are the law of the law. If you can begin to deal with definitions and understand how to deal with them on a, uh, a fairly astute and sophisticated basis, you become dangerous. Well, and you can read these, you can read these statutes and actually kind of get a, a better idea of what they're actually saying. Yeah, because their definitions are sometimes not what you would think. A lot of times, a lot of times, I mean, and you can start taking these definitions apart. For example, there's, you know, just to illustrate, there are laws that you need um, a license to deal with firearms, to have a firearm. Okay, but what if you don't have a firearm? Who says what you have is a firearm? If you can show that the definition of whatever it is you're using is not a firearm, it is something else, then you're not subject to roll a regulation under those portions of the Internal Revenue Code that deal with firearms. No, I don't have a, I don't have a firearm. I have a pistol. I have a firearm. I have a pistol. I have a revolver. I have an arm. I don't have a firearm. Now, this can you make that argument stick? You know, we can talk about it, but can you make? Can you prove it? Can you make it stick? You know, this is kind of a chicken and egg sort of situation here because I, I'm envisioning where you go. Well, this is not a firearm; it's an arm, and they, you know, and basically they say, well, you know what? If you're in the United States, yep. it is what we say it is. Yep. Now, it could be that if you go, hey, this is not a firearm, and you're not giving the presumption that you are in the United States. Yeah, but the flip, yeah, for me, it would probably be better to do two things. This is not a firearm, number one. And number two, I am not in the United States. Right. Now, this is the sort of argument that you can make, but you better be good. Because if you are brought in front of the jury and you try to sit there and explain, <laughs> well, you don't understand, ladies and gentlemen, I am not within the United States. And then the jury is going to say, that man is crazy. Well, I, I, you know, I can tell you that uh, I haven't seen it in front of a jury, but I've seen a judge shut this down because I've I've heard I've watched people try to make this similar argument before they really knew, and I didn't know, uh, and I thought, well, I mean, I get what you're saying. There's two United, you know, at least two United States, and I get that, but I couldn't, 
I didn't know enough where I could actually defend that. And yep. apparently neither did they yep. because, you know, I noticed one funny thing about people in general, and this is why I do encourage people just to go, look, if you get a traffic ticket, go fight it. Just go yep. fight it. Stand up in yep. front of the judge and fight it. Win or lose, you you know, hey, maybe you won't have to pay the ticket. But well, even if you do, you were going to anyway, you know, and you can and learn. And you learn things. Well, and the one thing is something that you can't learn any other way, and that is standing up in front of a judge. Because I've seen guys that could give seminars that were fantastic. You know, you walk out thinking this has got to be the smartest guy in the world, right? Then he goes to court, and everything's good <laughs> until the judge says, oh, really? Blah, 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 blah. And then yep. it's like, oh, blah, 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 blah. Oh, you're going to the, you know, get him his uh, jumpsuit. So you're speaking in tongues in court, is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah, that's what it ends up being, yeah. Kind of a religious experience. Where about, uh, 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 uh. Yeah, it is. And, you know, because <laughs> Judge is speaking in tongues, you're speaking in tongues. Uh. If you go in there thinking you're going to, okay, I've got me a script here, and I'm sticking to this, you better you better think of another plan. Yeah. Because I've seen that go bad every time. Yeah. Because they are trained to drive you off your script. And there's an, and I'll tell you another thing. If you've got a script per se, and particularly if you are some sort of a guru, you have undoubtedly published your script. They have your script. Right. Understand? They already know what you're going to say, and they know how to get around it unless you are really astute. My feeling, I've said this a bunch of times, um, if you're going to court, you've already lost. Now, that's not true, absolutely true, but it's true primarily. Right? If you haven't stopped these people before you get to court, you aren't really going to a trial. You're going to a sentencing hearing. You can get off once in a while and rest with, but maybe a chance in 50 that you'll get off. You've got to stop these guys before you get to court, and that means you've got to present some arguments that they understand they can't easily get around, and they've also got to believe that you'll take it up on appeal, and there's a chance that some appellate court is going to say, well, the guy's right. He's a pain in the butt. But, you know, this is what the law says, and we're going to have to make – they don't want to take that chance. Well, and, and the thing about the, you know, letting them know that you're going to take it up on appeal – you don't even – it's better not to say, you know, well, then I'm going to appeal. What you do is – because these people notice what you do by what you file. And you can build your case. If you go in there with the idea, okay, I realize I'm going to lose here, you know. Uh, you know, maybe, you know, we, I'm going to have to set this up to go higher. Well, then, uh, do that. Set it up to go higher. They'll notice. Yeah. They do notice that, hey, wait a minute, you know, this guy is creating appealable points because it's really not, you know, it's not that. And when you say they'll notice, do you mean they will notice in court or do you mean that they will notice before you ever get to court? Either way, obviously it's best before. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, it, it, you know, you can set it up to where you let, you're noticing them that, Look, I know, you know, uh, this isn't going to be a quick slam dunk, okay, yep. you know, and that that sort of thing. And they don't want that because that's all they want is a quick slam dunk. And unless you've really murdered somebody or, 
you know, you've done something that, you know, is just, they can't just... A genuine go. crime. Yeah. Uh, then they're not going to want to deal with it. Even traffic tickets. That's you know, exactly you, set in a, you, you send in all your stuff and uh, you, you make your arguments and they, they always make me show up. I mean, I never have gotten a letter saying, oh, you know what, that was so nice. That was really impressive. So you don't have to show up. We'll just we'll just drop this. They always make me show up, waste my time. And, you know, usually the cop doesn't show up, mm-hmm. you know, and then I can go. But yeah. they, they so there's never a record that you were smart enough to actually beat them. No. And that's that's one of the things that happens. You know, a lot of people are involved in what you might call the patriot uh, movement or legal reform movement, and we make arguments. We put arguments together that are destined for the courts, and one way or another, the court doesn't hear the case, and it's dismissed on other grounds. It doesn't happen on other grounds. And one of the problems with this is there is no record that the court sets back and says, well, Frank Venus. You're right, Frank. You you got the law right. They don't create the record, and the point is, these arguments work more often than the record will will indicate. The closest I ever got was, it was dismissed, and I asked why, and the clerk said, in the interest of justice. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh, okay, I'll need that in writing. Yeah. You know, yeah. so I get you know because I'm not walking out of here without something in writing that says I'm allowed to walk out of here. Mm-hmm. You know, because I I don't even trust you get it that far. Yeah, I did. I had to wait at the uh, at the desk there for about 15 minutes, but they finally you know ponied up the uh, dismissal. Yeah, they talked among themselves. I'll bet to say, what can we write out that will get this guy out the door? <laughs> yeah, you know. Um, promise not to arrest you. You know, uh-huh. you know that was basically what I wanted because uh-huh. I don't Did you trust. Check you. to see if they were crossing their fingers behind <laughs> yeah. the back. You know, because I, I don't pictures, trust. You. So I want pictures of both of your hands. Yep, that's Where the signs is saying no crossed fingers. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I tell you what, we're going to wind up taking a break here shortly, and I'm just going to give you a little bit of uh, Title 26, the next section, 5845. And we're dealing with definitions, law of the law. This is where this is what's really going on. This again is is uh, Bill Clinton. It all depends on what the meaning of is is. You may remember him making that statement back in the oh, 20 years ago now, thereabouts, back in the 90s. And it just sounded like he was just being a smart shyster, you know. He was just oh, oh, oh. It's one of another you know smart you know shyster. Just boom. no, he was giving us a profound truth. It all depends on what the definitions of the words are. And if you can show that there are multiple definitions to define, to describe the same subject, the same tangible object, well, it might be this and it might be that. I mean, there's different... I knew a guy, a friend of mine, he he had several trucks parked on his lawn. And the government, local government, wanted to tow the trucks away. And he said, these aren't trucks, this is lawn art. <laughs> yeah. And they just dropped it. They dropped the case. There was a question of definitions. What was it? Was it, a, was it an abandoned truck that didn't work anymore, junk? Or was it lawn art? He said it was lawn art. Boy, that's funny. You know why? Because uh, unless uh, you know, unless it's registered to be 
a passenger vehicle or a commercial vehicle. Mm-hmm. It's determined by the courts to be household goods. Well, you mean if your current vehicle that you're driving down the road is not registered with the, with the uh, state as a motor vehicle. Yep. It is therefore household goods. Yep. So they need the registration to make you subject to their laws. Yeah, because it's not it's not a motor vehicle. It's a household good. I understand. Unless that. you register it as something else. Just kind of like I think if you take your, your arm and you register it as a firearm, now it's a firearm because, well, you registered as one. Well, one other thing is it may be a firearm because it has a registration number on it. Yeah, I could. Be. I don't see evidence of that. I don't see any clear evidence of that in, this, in the sections we're going to get to in the second half of this program. But it may be part of the problem, and it may be part of the reason why you wanted to consider those do-it-your-arm, do-it-yourself arm, do-it-yourself arms, like uh, you can get an AR-15 lower receiver that's 80% complete. At least you can still do it. There's some they're trying to get them off the market. Some people try, and I don't know that they'll succeed, but they are trying to get them off the market. You can finish it yourself. Doesn't have any registration number on it, and it is legal. And for me, I've got one. I haven't, I haven't finished it, but uh, if I ever get around to it, I'll put engraving on the side of it. This, this, this weapon or this arm—I'll probably call it arm—is intended to be used only within states of the union. All right, the United States of America, something along those lines. I'll engrave it on the side of the, on the side of the lower receiver. Now there that is. That lower receiver, that's that's the gun. Yeah, it is. And that there was a case of uh, uh, a guy, I mean, the whole thing went sideways because, you know, I mean, he was making guns, machine guns, in, I believe, Arizona. It could have been Utah. And, and he wasn't, you know, he wasn't selling them over state lines, and they came and arrested him and put him in jail, and he lost in the first uh, the court thing. They appealed, right? While he was in jail, of course, he he, he tried to contract with one of the uh, fine people in the jail to have his brother assassinate the judge, and of course, uh, uh, he, found out he ended up spending the rest, the rest of his life in jail. But yep. the funny thing about that is, it went to appeal, and he won because they said, "Look, um, we don't have any jurisdiction because everything they have he did was within to begin the state." With. Everything he did was within the state, and yep. we, you know, the federal government has nothing to say. Yeah, I understand. Uh, they have a little bit. They have limited powers under the Constitution for Article One. They have limited powers to work relative to the states of the union, but they don't have. But they have unlimited powers under Article Four, Section Three, Clause Two, and that's the difference. You're going to deal with a government of limited powers. You're going to deal with a government of unlimited powers. If you're in the territory, the administrative district, they have unlimited powers. You are a pee and a subject, a serf. You're nobody. Uh, you've got to know your place, know who you are, and be prepared to make those arguments. We've got about 20 seconds till top of the hour, Frank. Mm-hmm. Yes, we uh-huh. do. Uh-huh. All right. Well, we have to break here. We picked darn Muslims and their clocks. Yeah. Yes, the Muslims. The Muslims made me do it. That's what it was. Yeah. We'll be back on the American Independence Hour in just uh, about three minutes, four minutes, something like that. Please stay tuned. 